We're gonna record a podcast with your friends, Uncle Ben and Steve. Take it, Steve. We're going to record a podcast. I guess <laughs> you'll come in your sleeve. Oh, wow. Okay. That went in a direction I was not anticipating. <laughs> yeah. That's well, what she said. <laughs> re- 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 remix. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely listeners. To a very special wild card episode of your favorite horror mm-hmm. movie review podcast in this multiverse and the next. It's dead and lovely here with your good buddies, Uncle Ben. Hollywood Steve. And of course, you guys know that we are a horror show. We like to do mm-hmm. horror, mm-hmm. don't we? Horror. <laughs> yep. Horror. Yeah. But you know, in this case, yeah, it's more of an horror movie podcast with Whoa. wizard cops, right? Uh, wizard cops. <laughs> the world bad needs to know. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do when they confund us, you <laughs> wizard boys, wizard boys? <laughs> I still think that's better than the actual, like, wizard rock that we hear in the movies and stuff, though. Yeah. Dance like a crazy <laughs> oh, oh, my God, dude. I still, like, just feel that, like, sympathetic embarrassment whenever yeah, you hear those uh-huh. songs. Musicians had to record those. Like, they were in the recording booth with, like, you know... The, uh, the cans over their ears singing into the mic. Right. And like, was that a good one? Dance around like a crazy elf. With no, conviction, with conviction. <laughs> oh, Dancing God. by himself. <laughs> like that? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> We're here as usual mixing it up in celebration of Harry Potter's birth month, isn't it? The month mm-hmm. of July. I guess, so. I guess so. Yeah. It's like late July though, isn't it? I think so. So we're here as usual celebrating by... Uh, roasting a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> That's usually what we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and roasting JK now is, is part of this tradition, too, you know? Of course. of her sucking. <laughs> her, her, uh, her initials might be JK, but we are R-I-L. Cracking on Ooh, her. IRL. <laughs> We're R-I-L as well. Take that. Yeah. yeah. Real that? in life. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, uh, sure. It's okay. <laughs> Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to get straight on to the uh, to the beating that this movie might receive, I don't know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. There's a timestamp yeah. for you in the podcast description. But before we get there, we're going to crack a Kobe, or, well, at least I am. We're going to catch up. We've had some eventful weeks, <laughs> to say uh-huh. the least. Yeah. And uh, talk about shit we've been watching, all that stuff. But, yeah, there's a timestamp for you if you want to miss the cool stuff and go straight on to the movie review. Steve, how... How in the hell have you been, and why in the hell aren't we in the same room? We're long distance again, just holding on to right. this old telephone again. The felly right, tone, right. as the wizards the might say. Yeah, they probably would. They'd, they'd mix that up all uh, cutely. Um, we're recording remotely because um, I had a traumatic brain injury <laughs> on Wednesday night, and I should not drive in traffic currently. Sick. So. I yeah I um so uh, our our in laws my my brother and sister in law uh, who live in Alaska they had some stuff stored here at our place and uh, they're they're here right now moving it and they had uh, left some stuff outside of our door and we don't have a, a light that works outside of our door it's like mm-hmm, shorted mm-hmm. out so I went to walk Salem. Um, and I opened the door and I had my phone in my hands to turn the light on. And I, I took like one confident step and then that second step full speed into a box. And I fell face first without any sort of cushion 
my Damn. my nose hit first, then my forehead. I, I have I have a pretty gnarly nose wound and a pretty gnarly concussion. I do not know how long I was on the ground. I it may I may have gotten up instantly because I, I don't I don't have any remember this I, yeah. memory of this. Uh, I I don't remember very well, but I I could not um couldn't stand up well okay yeah and basically had to crawl to the bathroom and then uh look in the mirror and saw a pretty bloody sight which i posted on instagram that night and do not remember (laughs) Uh, my god man i mean we can laugh about it now because you're okay but holy moly dude do you think that that box was planted there by your in-laws or was it planted by (laughs) big box yeah, I think it was planted by Big Box, of mm-hmm. course. You know how they are. They're yep. always out to get their enemies. Me. You know, I've, I've talked a lot against Big Box. And oh, yeah. You say, think outside of the box. Blah, 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 blah. I do. Yeah. I'm like, hey, why don't you pack your stuff in a sack or something? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, no, no. My in-laws are lovely, and I and they're, they're very uh, fun people. I, I don't think they were trying to harm me. <laughs> I think... I just uh, should have remembered that there was stuff outside the door and not uh, so so cavalierly walked outside while not looking where I was going. But I uh, yeah, we we uh, I I texted that picture to Emily and she called me almost instantly like what in the fuck? And so I I couldn't talk. I couldn't like explain myself really yeah but uh you know she she has dealt with people who have concussions so she was instantly like oh i'm coming home and taking you to the emergency room well i'll tell you what if if she didn't i would have because i was also texting you during this time period and watching even the way that you're typically immaculate texting which is never never written with misspellings or punctuation errors or anything like that even just watching your texts progressively fall apart i was like yeah homeboy done hit his head real bad <laughs> yeah i did yeah i did and it um who buddy it it um it was scary like i was very worried like i oh, yeah when i when i texted that to emily and and looked at the picture myself and and really kind of took it in i started panicking i yeah. was very worried and then at the, um, you know, as we were driving there, I kept, uh, at, like repetitive questioning. I kept asking her the same questions over and over. That's a, a sure sign of a, of a concussion. I, I couldn't, I, I didn't want to go to the ER cause my, my brain, the last time I was at the emergency room was, um, at the university of Tennessee was after I got neck sliced. Oh the yeah. Next, the next day, I had an infection and was very much sick. Went to the emergency room and they treated me like shit. Yeah. Like yeah. absolute dog shit. Like I was there to get pain medicine. Oh yeah. And I remember. That, I told yeah. them. Yeah, I told them I had been there the night before because I had gotten cut and they were like, like, did not believe me. I mean, did they not believe that you were like nearly headless nicked and like you had I, a I huge had fucking the, laceration on your throat? I had the pack, <laughs> like, or I had like the fucking, uh, the, the wound covered and shit at the time. Like it, there were stitches sticking out. Like they yeah. could have fucking just checked. 
anyway so i remember my brain was like no i don't i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to and i also was worried about money and i still am this is going to cost us a lot of money and i have no idea what we're going to do but uh we you know my wife was like well you know you're not going to die you dumbass i'm taking you to the <laughs> hospital so i sat in the hospital waiting room for about six hours and then they did a ct then i sat there for like another hour hour and a half and then they took me back and the doctor sat six feet away from me and never did any sort of tests except tell me i, I had a concussion and uh, then they gave me three aspirin and a muscle relaxer. Oh, hell which yeah, Which is probably going to cost us $1,000. Dude, that's that speedy, efficient American healthcare that we're so proud of, dude. It's the best in the world. Because when you have a head injury, you need uh, to wait, what'd you say, six and a half hours in a waiting room before you get attention, yeah. right? Oh, dude, that's yeah. great. The nurses were really sweet to me. So shout out to nurses uh, who work in the ED and were very, very nice to me, despite the fact that it was very busy. And uh, then the doctor d wasn't helpful at all. So fuck you. <laughs> we still did the screaming chat on Friday night, but I, I, you know, warned people I might not be able to make it. And I, I did. I was able to make it. It wasn't, it wasn't trying at all. My brain dealt with it fine and stuff, but you know, that, that has helped me, I think, to get to the point where I'm at now. I still don't feel comfortable driving in traffic. Um, I went to the store, and everything was kind of fine, but I had to keep my sunglasses on in the store because it's too bright. Oh, And word. then when I huh. got, and I made the mistake of doing the self-checkout. And oh, that, okay. I started feeling <laughs> a little woozy at that. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I can't do some of this shit yet. Where um, it sucks. It's it not fun and it's scary and uh, like I do not recommend hitting your head on things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If yeah. you if you have the option, if somebody's like, okay, hit your head on a thing or don't go with don't go with the go don't. With don't. Okay. Always right. the better choice. I'll remember what that. What have you been up to, Ben? <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Don't get me wrong. I feel for your situation. Okay. Right. You send me these texts and stuff. I was there with you, worrying. I was scared. I'm glad you're okay. But I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, no. Because, and I'm sure you don't remember, but on that very night, the reason that we even started texting is because I texted you a fucking question, and you never answered me. What was it? <laughs> Do people really buy Tabasco sauce anymore? That shit sucks. It does. It does suck. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a cheap kind of integrity thing uh hot sauce you go with crystal yeah crystal, much texas pete anything texas pete better cholula uh oh, is yeah. solid as hell fucking great uh, tapatio even it's cheap as hell it uh, tastes great i'm i'm a fan of those uh yeah i don't yeah it's a great question who is buying tabasco <laughs> i think it has like very limited applications and like does. certain cooking yeah but it, it's not like one you want to have on the table to put no. on anything like it's this good needs if, more of that yeah it's good if you mix it into like especially some cajun things like a gumbo or jambalaya a little bit of that yeah. goes oh, pretty yeah, well yeah. with it you honestly it. but again you can use crystal use crystal man yeah yeah yeah, right, well, I'm finally glad that we got that out of the way. I'm glad that we got this covered because the <laughs> See, whole week... You've been, like, cliffhanging yeah, there dude. for six days. <laughs> I've been, like, the nerve of this guy. Golly. Oh, you bumped your head. 
Can't answer me no more. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I'm glad that you're okay. I'm glad you're taking it seriously and stuff like that because I I know a lot of people uh, don't. And I think that that's probably not a good thing to, you know, worry about your brain injuries. Bad thing, especially as you age. If you yeah. if you're over thirty, especially like you get a brain injury, it's gonna it's it's gonna be slower healing than it would have been if you were younger. So, yeah, hit your head, take that shit seriously, take your health seriously. I don't, I don't know why we would need to say this, but maybe somebody out there isn't. Please take your health seriously. Why don't you? Why you don't need you do it that? to live. That's a good point. You do need that. <laughs> I've been good, man. I had myself a Gebertstag the other day. I'm so sad that I missed this because it would have been a blast. You know, it was a good time. We kept it pretty low key. I don't know about you, man, but whenever whenever my wife asked me, hey, what's the plans for your birthday? What are your plans for your big day? My answer is I don't want plans. And I don't mean that like I'm that funny. No, I'm the same. I I don't want presents. I don't want a cake. It's not that. I'm saying I don't want to schedule anything. Anything. I just want to wing it. Nothing. Yep, I just want to feel like, you know what? This is what I want to do today. Yeah. I want to relax and just go with my flow. Where do you want to eat? Well, I'll figure it out whenever exactly. I'm hungry. Yeah, it's like, what do you want for breakfast? I don't know. I'll figure it out when I wake up, and I'm going to wake up when the fuck ever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me being like a lazy bum, un- unorganized, unscheduled kind of dude, but that's just what I like to do. Sometimes it does kind of bite me in the ass a little bit. Shocker, I know. Sure. Uh, like, you know, like the restaurant I wanted to eat at was like closed by the time we tried to, to order and stuff like that, which is just entirely the fault of me being like, uh, we'll go when we go. So was it a dopo? <laughs> no, cause we actually had a dopo not uh, okay. too long. Actually after Roger. Weirdest hours. Yeah, they kind of do. But we, we actually had a dopo after the extremely drunken episode oh, with yeah, Roger last, last week. Episode. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't, I couldn't go cause I had to come back here and, and deal with something. But yeah, I remember, um, Man, that adopo. That's some good pizza. Oh, That's your so favorite good, here in man. Knoxville, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. If if I'm craving that style of pizza, I mean, if you want a big floppy yeah. New York slice, that's not the place. No, it's that's a gourmet sourdough kind of pizza rig. But And I, I wanted to tell you, too, if you don't remember much about that stuff episode, it's not the concussion talking. It's how fucked up we were while we did it, because <laughs> I don't remember much of it either. I'm going to listen to it when it comes out tomorrow and be like, oh, yeah. that's how that went. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, yeah, I've edited it. It's, it's, uh, it's really, there's a lot of really funny parts. Um, but yes, it is. You do need to know that we're drunk though. We do keep saying it. So (laughs) you'll never be far from the, the idea that maybe they're inebriated. Maybe they're fucked up. I don't know. man. (laughs) It's been so long since like I've gotten fucked up on the show. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. That it it was a fun time. Cause uh, yeah. Roger had so many awesome beers for us and stuff. That was very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. A good time was had by all, man. So, yeah, uh, I had a good birthday. Just really relaxed and stuff. Went down to Zool Beer down in the Old City area. Hung out with some friends who got me some really cool gifts, man. Uh, Lucy made me this amazing zombie watercolor of myself, which, like... It's awesome. I'm such a fucking narcissistic prick that, like, a, a portrait of me is, like 
one of my favorite things anybody can give me. <laughs> like I'm that bad. It's really, gotcha. really terrible. <laughs> but it's, it's awesome, amazing, though. dude. It's so fucking cool. I put up a picture on my Instagram the other day. I got some fine rums from some friends that you're definitely going to want to check out, man. I got awesome. a 20-year uh, Colombian rum, which is really, really awesome. It's a dictador. It's like drinking. So it's probably got cocaine in it. I'm pretty Columbia. sure that it does. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. Sweet. It tastes like liquid fucking brown sugar and honey. It's delightful, Yum. man. And That's also, awesome. too, Lindsay and Thomas got me this bottle of rum that is absolutely insane. It's from okay. Guyana. It's 10 years old. And you'll see it whenever you come over next, man. But it okay. almost looks like fucking bog water. It's like this hazy <laughs> green color. Okay. And it has like bits of the barrel left in the fucking bottom right. of the bottle and stuff. So it's still kind of maturing even in the bottle? I, I guess so, but it's some kind of like super limited, you know, imported thing. There's only like a couple hundred bottles of it or something like that. Huh. It's, um, I think it's like 116.2 proof. Jesus. It is nuts, dude. I, I look forward to you trying it on the show because it's one yeah. of the most unique things that I have ever had, and I doubt that I'll ever have another bottle of this again, but seriously yeah. fucking awesome, awesome stuff. I did get excited, though, whenever I heard it was from Guyana and it was, like, barrel-aged and stuff. I was really hoping that maybe they maybe they aged it in, like, the casket of a Jonestown member or something. I thought that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> You know, just mellowed yeah. through a, a charred casket or something like that. But yeah, it's just probably, a barrel yeah. instead. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it possible that they just uh, stopped by a swamp and put that water in a bottle and said, no, dude, it's like the shit. No, and this you drank is the it stuff. and you were like, fucked up. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what it actually wasn't the alcohol. It was all the like parasites and. Yeah. <laughs> waterborne creatures that I just consumed. Yeah. Like, Man, I'm fucked up. I'm shitting my brains oh. out. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, waterborne creatures and your brains, Jack of All Graves just had an episode where they talked about amoeba and, and brain amoeba that you get from swimming in a lake. And Ooh. I never want to swim in a lake again. Yeah, there's plenty of terrible things that can happen to you from swimming in, in lakes and bodies of water and stuff. There is all kinds of bad stuff. Uh, but yeah, I had a good birthday and everything, really chill, really relaxed, and uh, I did have a little little bit of horror action happen on my birthday, because over at Central Cinema, they were showing the new flick, Werewolves Within, which we went and yeah. watched. Yeah. Man. I, uh, I texted you about it the night before you went, because I had just seen the Josh Rubin director of Scare Me, which was a movie we enjoyed. Uh, uh, directed it, and it also has uh, Guillermo from uh, What We Do in the Shadows and Malina Vontrub, and looks great. How it was, was it? it was great. I loved it, man. Awesome. Um, yeah, I enjoyed his other movie that we did on the show, Scare Me, as well. So I was kind of going into this being like, man, I hope this kind of continues the streak for this guy because I really did enjoy that movie, dude. It's it's great. It's hilarious. It's really charming and fun. It's um, it's essentially like a werewolf whodunit. Like it's almost like oh, the thing cool. in that it's a bunch of people in a snowy cabin lodge kind of scenario getting picked off one by one. And they're like, which one of you is the werewolf? Really, really, really fun. Hilarious. Uh, very charming. I definitely recommended it. I uh, liked it a lot. Really, really good flick. I think you'll like it a lot too. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, very interested in seeing it. So it, as soon as I can drive, I'm going to go check it out down there at central cinema. Oh yeah, man. They're good folks over there. Also watched a couple other flicks this week. We watched a movie 
called The Space Between. You ever seen this one? No. Isn't that a Dave Matthews song? Oh, man, I hate that song so much. The Space Between. Ugh. Every time I like wrote the the name of the movie down, it made me think of that fucking song, and I'm like, I, I like some <laughs> Dave Matthews Band stuff, but ugh, not that song. Uh, it's a movie about Kelsey Grammer, aka Beast, aka Frasier. Okay, and both, he's, he's both uh, of those simultaneously. He's both of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's also a washed up retired rock star that his record company is trying to get rid of. And, Did he write uh, this for himself? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like this uh, aspiring young intern guy has to like try to figure out a way to get this guy fired, but they end up learning a lot about each other and blah, blah, blah. It was pretty fun, man. It's it's funny. It's got cool. uh, a, a sense of heart to it and stuff like that. Uh, one thing that was like a little bit of a peeve about the movie to me, though, is like, you know, he's supposed to be this like incredible tunesmith poet, like kind of Bob Dylan type, I guess. Right with these incredible albums that are like legendary and stuff. And uh, it plays snippets of the songs throughout the whole movie. And they're all written by Rivers Como. Oh, okay. They're, they're not really good. <laughs> they're not really He's good. He's lost his songwriting ability at a certain point, huh? Oh, man, dude. I think it was, uh, you know, after Pinkerton. Pretty sure that's, that's when that happened. You do think that, but the Green Album's good. It's just, it's fun, whatever. It is fun. It, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, but ah, there are tons of problems with Weezer. Oh, yeah. But the, the little known fact is the the best post-Pinkerton album is actually Maladroit. Actually, that's the oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's got the guitar solos on. It's a fun record. Sure. Yeah. So Space Between, pretty fun if you feel like a heartfelt one that you'll have a couple of lols throughout. Uh, and then also the other day... Kate put on a little movie that she's never seen before, but heard a lot about. What's it called? The Fast and the Who? The Calm? Nope. The Furious. No, No, they're mad as hell. They're not going to take it anymore. They're going to steal DVD VCR combos. That's right, they will. Yep, that's exactly what they're going to (laughs) do. And then eventually save the world. (laughs) She'd never seen it before. Somehow she escaped like our teenage years having never seen The Fast and the Furious. I don't understand it, but... Have you convinced her to to keep watching? Is, oh, is yeah. really the question. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna keep on going with it, man. As soon as I get her back, because after she it's watched the movie, good. well, she she ran off with the first guy with a tuned up CRX that drove by. And <laughs> it's kind of over now, you know. She'll be back soon enough though, because uh, he has really shitty weed. So I know. bet I bet he's got shitty a lot of things like uh, shitty. Uh, that place in his grandma's house where <laughs> yeah, he yells at that. his grandma yeah um <laughs> yeah Wait, but like so like in the fast and the furious movie franchise honestly one two three eh, once you get to five you can't even look at the previous installments as like interesting because okay. Fast wow. Five is like, wait, what the fuck? And then six, and then say, it just gets more and more insane. And it's like, yes, okay, this is what I wanted. Awesome. I'm excited because I think I've watched the second one, but not past those. So I'm going to find out about the greatest franchise ever is what I'm going to do. Right, you are. I mean, because like the third one, once you get into the fast timeline, the third one is like actually in between some of the more new ones it's like a future movie okay it's ridiculous it's 
it's fun though. I mean, it's just not as good as the newer ones that are where they're now superheroes. <laughs> well, I'm on board and I'll find out about them. Steve, from what I understand, you found out about a, a really normal movie that I talked about on the show about a month or so ago, <laughs> right? Yes, we did. And, um, you know, Ben, you once recommended we watch the peanut butter solution on Great the suggestion. streaming chat. You're welcome. And we did, and people were like, well, let's not listen to Ben anymore. Oh, come on. Why? And I don't know why. <laughs> and then, Ben, you had us watch The Carrier, and uh, you... you you went and got yourself banned from uh, getting to recommend movies. Give me a break. <laughs> Come on, people. You guys don't appreciate whenever I just gift you all with something unique that you're never going to forget, okay? Think it about is... all the other forgettable movies that you guys have it's watched. True. Steve, there's movies yeah. that you don't even remember watching that you put on the damn uh, screaming Speaking chat. Of which, we watched uh, uh, sun Sunday night on Ice Cream Sunday. We watched Body Melt, and John Latour pointed out uh, yet again... We've already seen this, Steve. Exactly. Yeah, so but you, you won't are forget the carrier. There. I will not forget the carrier, and it's obviously a, a half-joking ban because uh, the movie is so fucking weird. Oh, I will be back. I assure you. you will be I will back, give you and, all some piece of shit. And I really hope shit. it's something on the same yeah. level because <laughs> that shit is crazy. Go watch the carrier. It's on YouTube. Full movies on YouTube, uh, and it is, man. Like, it feels like somebody had an entire deep world in their head. Like, Absolutely. they probably had binders of world building yep. for this little movie. This was their, like, life's project, and they yeah. they knew how all this stuff worked. But then you just peek in, and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, and boy, get ready for a lot of crinkling. Oh, a yeah. A lot of crinkling as they all walk around in different plastic bag suits. <laughs> there is quite a lot of that going on. I remember when you recommended that, but go back to the episode where Ben describes it and just hear my reaction because it sounds as insane as it is when you try to describe what the movie is. Like, what are the bullet points of what you remember? Just give me some one-word uh, explanations. Okay, so um, there, there's a uh, uh, an evil black touch thing uh -huh, yep. going on that if the the carrier touches people they then melt yeah uh and then they use cats to determine if something <laughs> has been touched by the carrier yep that's and right and they start hurting cats and they <laughs> plastic apparently keeps you safe from the the touch so they wear plastic bags all over except yeah. their face and and then they also the clear plastic they're people who wear clear plastic bags and people who wear black plastic bags and they hate each other they do and they kill each other um yeah that's what <laughs> yeah that's the movie basically. honestly like i wanted you to break that down to make sure that i didn't just dream this up so no that's no yeah, that, that, that is actually it. is it <laughs> that is it and and also like Everything is kind of solved with speeches. Yeah, definitely. It, you yeah, loved it. You loved it is what you're saying. It is. Boy, it's something. They they do sure do stab a child. That they do. And then yeah, crucify that man. that was unexpected. 
<laughs> entirely in this silly ass movie. It's not silly in tone. It's silly in premise. In tone, it's serious as hell. They're oh, being serious super fuck, serious man. about this shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is like something. weirdly unique. That's the thing about yeah. it is like, I can't really compare it to anything else because it is so fucking off the wall. And somehow, I guess everybody involved in the movie also understood how fucking weird this is because everybody is equally weird and seems to understand the kind of movie that they're in. Yeah, it. I mean, the closest I would compare it to is like the first Mad Max where you're just kind of dropped in this world and like they never explain really. And it's like, well, okay, so there's a guy named Toe Cutter. Just go with who's it. A, yeah, and you kind of do because they're like cool stunts and shit. But in this, it's like, no, there's a whole lot of downtime <laughs> of weird <laughs> shit happening. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys did that one. That's an important uh, part of your life journey. It was fun. We had a fun time. But uh, we're, we are going to follow it up this week with Dead Alive because we need something really, really good. Hell yeah. You need something that kicks ass for the Lord. Yeah, for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good man hey have you watched anything with like really fucking attractive people in it this week by chance i've watched so much shit with really attractive people in it <laughs> and uh i'll just I'll, I'll i'll give it to you uh chronologically i watched from dusk till dawn on Winter. wednesday night right before i had a concussion Sick. so i don't remember the end of the movie though i know the end of the movie but like there's like a, a black area before and Ooh. after striking my head. But uh, yeah, Sama Hayek still. What? Uh, she's so gorgeous. Oh my God. Um, I they, I also watched Anaconda. I've Some been hot on a 90s tear. Yeah. They, yeah, Jennifer Lopez, Kari Wurr. Great. I know. Uh, John Voight is who I was talking about. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Johnny Voight and that face he makes. Baby uh, bird, baby bird. <laughs> Those two movies both had a young Danny Trejo in them. That's true. And I looked up how young he was. He was in his early 50s. So. Whoa. Yep. How old is he? Well, I mean, he was in his early 50s in the 90s. So 30 Whoa. years later, he's got to be close to his 80s, right? Holy fuck. I had no idea. I'm just going to get Fuzzbeat on that real quick. We'll just yeah. see if Fuzzbeat knows how I just always kind of assumed that like, he was young Danny but had lived a really hard life, you know? He is 77 years old. Holy shit. What a fucking yep. badass. Yeah, he's an absolute badass. He did have a hard life, but also, he you see him in, uh, in Anaconda and uh, and in uh, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. He's not got he's not got the mustache in Anaconda and he looks real young. Like That's it's true. ridiculous knowing that the man is like 50 something. Wow. Yeah, anyway. Uh I also watched The Mummy. Full of hot Yeah, people. dude. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Such a fun yeah, movie. It, it reminded of my uh crush on Rachel Vice, which I'm never far from remembering that. No. But uh she she's that uh clumsy librarian cute ass shtick she's got going on and that is just that's that's something i'm oh, a yeah. big fan oh yeah. anyway the mummy still great the cgi is terrible as you Not mentioned good. you mm-hmm. you watched it kind of recently yeah a couple months CGI ago is terrible, but it also isn't like like the mummy is kind of the worst part right yeah like, totally the, the little scarabs and stuff don't look too terrible until you see like the big group of them and they kind of act like a wave like the world war z zombies and it just doesn't look right but no anyway um 
But I watched two more recent movies, and both of them were kind of on the recommendation of of Corey of the Jack of All Grave podcast, who's been on our show and as our pal. Yeah. Um. She. I. Somebody posted this. Uh. Like Linda Cardellini post on on Twitter, and there were like six pictures, and I knew five of the movies. But there was another one where Linda Cardellini had tattoos and was holding the knife. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I'm interested. Uh, and Corey was like, you haven't seen A Simple Favor? You got to go watch it. Flavor. I don't know this a, one. A Simple Favor. Flavor. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the stuff. It's a sequel to the stuff. Oh, okay. A Perfect. Simple Flavor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like if you were reimagining the stuff to repackage it today. You'd be like. It's a simple flavor, and the packaging would be, like, all, like, minimalist. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Anyway, a simple favor, it's got uh, that Blake Lively in it. It's got that Anna Kendrick. Uh, who else we got in there? Young people. There's there's all sorts of people you'll recognize. It's a uh, black comedy thriller mystery type of hmm. thing, and I fucking loved it. It was really? so okay. good. Yeah. All right. It had me, I was like drawn in from the beginning, had me kind of guessing the whole time. Yeah. There's some real great acting in it, real great scenes. I it, It's well uh, done. It's Paul Feig who has done several movies. Oh, yeah. Probably seen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bridesmaids, for instance. I think uh, he, he did Freaks and Geeks and stuff too, right? He did. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's. It's less comedy than it is thriller. It's just like a really, really good thriller, but it has these good comedic moments in them. It, it just all works really well, though. It never nice. like the comedy never undercuts the like tension of the thriller. And I watched one you have to watch, Ben. It just came out recently-ish. It's called Censor. Censor. It is from the UK. Oi, oi, isn't it? Censor. Aye. Um, it's about them. What do you call them? Video nasties. Oh, okay. Remember yeah. It's from that the era. British huh? were like, we got to get rid of these gory horror movies. They're causing murders. Oh, they're quite nasty, aren't they? <laughs> they really ought to take a hike. Jack the Ripper himself watched these movies. He was a saucy one, that Jack. <laughs> Where you think he got the ideas from, Gubner? Yeah, so it's basically that. Um, I've <laughs> <laughs> seen it. I don't even need to watch it. Yeah, no, Censor's great. Um, it was They talked about it on Jack of All Graves, Mark and, and Corey did, and they were highly, speaking highly of it, and I, I was very interested once I saw that um, a character, I don't know if you've continued to watch Raised by Wolves, but one of the actors, because she's not in the first episode, one of the actors from Raised by Wolves is the main actor in Censor, and she's amazing. She's huh. super great. She um, she really carries the film. I mean, most of it is just, like, her throughout and her dealing with, you know, uh, some pretty nasty co-workers who aren't nice to her, and then some fucked up shit with her family, and some other fucked up shit. It is... Um, it's, I mean, you're going to like it. I'm telling you, it, it has like a Giallo feel to it. It's also oh. meta and weird. I, I really enjoyed it. Really Sounds enjoyed it. Sounds pretty interesting. So, okay, so two questions. First, okay. censor, I barely know her. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> old uh, saying. Second, is it horror or is it just about it's horror, horror movies? It's horror. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, it is about horror movies. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. 
man got some great imagery really cool like lighting and stuff at times mm-hmm. i man i highly recommend it very visual it's a visual feast but also a good horror story okay you, sounds like you I won't some know homework. exactly where it's going but once it gets there boo brutal well i'll have to check that one out sounds good always get good to get some recommendations on some new flicks steve i just gotta i gotta ask you a favor man i know that you've had this concussion and stuff and you're not uh-huh you're not quite up to drinking yet but um think it's safe if i get a pull is it gonna affect Please you in any way pull. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get me a pull of a protein shake oh you don't say you're shaking up the proteins huh shaking it up shake it up <laughs> Okay, so yeah. I've got myself a good old co-beer right here that I got from Corks. I'm looking forward to trying. This is a product of Belgium. It is a Bavic Super Pills. And, Super um, Pills. This is apparently like a kind of a high-grade Pilsner beer from over okay. across the pond. It's a 5.2 percenter, which for a Pilsner is <laughs> That's how they hard. refer to Belgium. Yeah, <laughs> across pond. the pond. Exactly right. And, you know, I was just ranting the other day on Facebook that I'm like, Seeing as all these breweries and stuff are making their fucking peach ring, marshmallow, milkshake, cobbler, triple IPA things and stuff like crazy right now, Mm -hmm. which I'm just getting burnt out on, dude. It's like, why don't you just fucking eat a candy bar and do two shots of vodka and call it a day? Like, wouldn't that just be faster and easier? Are you becoming an old? I might be because this Pilsner right now, even the aroma of it is making me feel just like a cogity old man, and I'm happy to be here. I had a birthday. I'm older. I can enjoy my fucking lawn chair beer and tell you kids, you don't know what real beer tastes like. Huh? Oh, boy, yeah. The be- the best part of getting old is getting to tell the kids they don't know. This is good as fuck. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I put it in the freezer for a little while, so it's nice and cold and crisp and refreshing. It's unmistakably a Pilsner, but it okay. is a little boozier it's still light it's not like heavier or anything like that it is a little boozier and stuff it's also a little bit more dry and bitter uh oh. it's pretty nice i think you'd probably like this one nice. quite a lot man yeah okay yeah Great so beer. super pills does that is that like they actually just add pills into a pilsner yeah it's chock full of reds blues it's got poppers <laughs> uppers downers a couple zoomers it's got poppers in there yeah it ah, does what I think it's uh it's got whippets in there, I'm pretty sure. Whippets are in there. All right. Uh-huh. Laudanum. Fine. They put some laudanum L- in there, I believe. Laudanum. L- you know, laudanum is is it's in for a comeback, I think. Oh yeah, I'm ready for it, man. I've been calling it for years, dude. I've been buying stock in laudanum. Laudanum stock, yeah. Yeah, that's L-A-U-D right. L A U D on the old uh on the old stock exchange. And I also just read on the label here it's also got some crushed up horny goat weed in it. So Horny goat weed. Yeah. That'll do it for you. Yeah, I I've hear. got a huge boner right now. <laughs> it's like That's crazy. the preferable way to podcast. Yeah. I yeah. just keep porn going in the background because the moment the boner goes, <laughs> what's the point? Yeah, what's the point after that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm enjoying myself a code beer and I hope you enjoy your shaking protein sir i am yeah it's uh chocolatey and delicious oh look out man now on today's episode we're talking about harry potter from the universe of the harry potter books which has quite a lot of characters in it and some of them are people that we like and some of our people are angry that we hate right Uh uh-huh right that's how you say it that's how you get your anger out isn't it yeah that's right that's the way i think of it oh yeah and i think before we get on to the movie review portion of the show I think 
we should do everybody a favor and stop in at the magical Preview Palace. Oi, Harry, come with me to the Preview Palace, isn't it? You're a hairy wizard. What? <laughs> I don't know. We're here in the Preview Palace. We're going to be giving you guys a rundown of our favorite and not uh-huh. favorite characters from this wide, wide, wild universe yeah. of witchcraft yeah, and of wizardry. There are that, quite a uh, lot of them. And, you know, a lot of them uh, we don't get a whole lot of information about so you never you can't really judge there's a whole lot of neutral kind of characters in harry potter but man there are some that fall on the far end of the spectrum for me and i think the easiest to say is obviously dolores umbridge probably one of the most hated characters by all people who ever read the books or watched the movies right gotta be yeah exactly and when i say i hate these characters i don't mean that i'm like reading the chapters being like god no. damn it, i don't need to know anything about this person it's no, like no yeah i hate these characters because they're very effectively written and like get your damn blood pumping right right well i have some hate on my list for uh, people who were written to be good so oh uh, yeah but it's again not the not the intention of the book uh, that um, we have. You know, we'll talk about the narrative perspective All of right. these books as we get into this. But anyway, Umbridge, she's hateful. You know, she's got that like super nice exterior that hides an extra hateful personality, which makes you really disdain a person. Like, oh, yeah. When they present to you as nice and then, you know are really just twisting in the knife all the time well the thing about it is is like and obviously you know me and old just kidding rowling obviously had very different upbringings and stuff yeah uh, both chronologically and geographically but umbridge to me is just like oh it's church lady yes right Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the south has tons of umbridges yeah there's like one in every fucking congregation man so whenever i saw that character of umbridge it's like yeah she's stuffy teacher and all this kind of jazz but She's also church lady. Mm-hmm. Now, on the subject of a character that I really like that I don't think gets like a ton of appreciation, I love old Quidditch commentating Lee Jordan always sneaking in some shit talk on whatever's going on, getting shut down by McGonagall. <laughs> They're a little dynamic. I adore. I think that that's just a good amount of fun. Yeah, yeah. Lee Jordan, I didn't even think about him. Yeah, I guess uh, I, he is really fun. <laughs> Prime yeah. shit talker right there, man. It, it's, and that's something you kind of need, especially when you get into, if you read the books or get into the movies here in the last few, it's, uh, it's depressing a lot of the time. Like, yeah. The fact that they cut Quidditch entirely is something normally I'd be like, cool, but in this movie you kind of need some some moments of actual levity. Yeah, that's true. Because it's just kind of a slog yeah kind of sort of man and you know the way that lee is written in the books and stuff like i said is is always really funny he's always got some good dialogue and shit but like it also just brings to mind all of like jk rowling's like postscript stuff where she's like well i never said hermione wasn't black did i meanwhile Uh, like every time it talks about lee jordan it's like lee jordan the black boy at school did this and it's like well you sure do point it out that lee jordan's black like all the fucking time Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah she could have just said like i don't have a problem with them casting a a 
a black girl to play Hermione. Like, what's the problem with yeah, of that? Course. She could have just been uh, easily defensive of it. It's fucking fiction. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. She could have done that instead of... Yeah, she constantly is kind of rewriting things and make... Like, you don't need to... With racists, you don't need to try to come up with reasoning. Just yeah. be like, shut the fuck up. I yeah. don't care. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care if you don't like it. Exactly, man. Exactly right. What's another character that comes to mind for you on this list? Well, a character I absolutely adore is Luna. Oh, yeah. She's on my list, too, man. Luna fucking yeah. rules. She's great. She is. And it's the reason uh, that I adore her is because, you know, there are so many witch characters in fiction that are these kind of ethereal... Um, Spacey, uh, a little kooky, spacey, yeah. and like I just don't get, and we'll talk about this with this movie, but I don't get the obsession with grounded normality within the wizard like culture because they they have so much fucking power. Like, wouldn't you like she she? Her mother died coming up with a spell. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I would be doing if I was a wizard. Like, coming up with new things and creating new things. Like, that's how Luna is. She sees magic as this world of infinite possibility. Which is like, yeah, that's that's how I feel. I don't understand why all these other witches and wizards are like, oh, yeah, we got magic. But, like, also, what about normal problems? They suck Yeah, whatever, too, right? weirdo. Yeah, like, and yeah, <laughs> she she gets treated like shit for being like, hey, there's this magical thing you don't know about, and everybody's like, no, there's only these magical things. Like, I, what? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> She's talking about Nargles, wouldn't you be like, that's fucking wild. I mean, magic world is wild. Tell me more about Nargles. <laughs> I think they're also, like, always getting on to her because it's like, oh, your dad runs the tabloids. That's cool as shit. Are you kidding me? I'd be like, dude, does your yeah. dad know Bat Boy? <laughs> yes. Does he know Bat Boy? Tell us. And what's he up to these days, that Bat Boy? Yeah. But instead, they're like, your dad knows Bat Boy? Fuck you. Yeah, Whatever. fuck you. I just, like, I cannot imagine learning that magic is real. And then somebody's telling you about a magical thing and other magic people are like, what a fucking kook. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, what? That's a good Literally point, seconds ago, I had no idea what magic is. And now you're telling me there's some magic that's just fucking kooky. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so Luna's great because she's just her. She is herself and she, like, she doesn't let other people determine who she's gonna be she's a badass i'll tell you a character that that i don't enjoy at all and it okay. just contributes really nothing very good to the entire book series although i don't now he is in the movie a little bit i think in like the seventh one oh mundungus his name has oh, dung yeah. in it of course mundungus he's gonna be bad Fletcher. he's not in the movies really is he i think he's in Maybe the seventh one, I want to say. I can see him in my head, so I think that he's in there. It's possible. I haven't, you know, I haven't watched the seventh and eighth one more than twice, I think. I've seen like, I rewatched them think, yeah. once, and because I was like, oh, I haven't ever rewatched them. And I was like, oh, these are okay. They're a pretty good adaptation. I guess, you know, Dobby's death doesn't mean anything because Dobby isn't present, but they're okay. 
I, yeah. But I, yeah. Mundungus, yeah, he, he's kind of a useless character who just steals shit. Yeah, he's just kind of like a shady piece of shit and like yet another person that the apparently all-knowing, all-wise fucking Dumbledore should be like, oh no, that guy sucks. Yeah, Let's not work why would with we him. allow him to be a part of the super secret organization? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, we saw some on. of the people that he got in there to teach that Defense Against Dark Arts class. He's not a good judge of character. Let's be honest. Well, Ben, then you'll understand why Dumbledore is on my most hated list. He's on your shit list. You don't say. I don't like Dumbledore. It's not just the movie presentation. It's the book presentation as well. I don't like him as a character. He's mean? constantly hiding shit. There's no reason for it most of the time. Everything he does is like, it's almost like he's an egomaniac that okay, is like yeah. at the end of every semester, he's like, so my plan came to fruition. And it's like, fuck you. No, that wasn't your plan. If your plan was <laughs> to put children in danger and hope yeah. they figured it the fuck out, then you're, you're a, an idiot. <laughs> you're totally a fucking yeah. lunatic man that's the thing dude it's like even in like the third movie where he pops in during that like time travel stuff and is like oh yeah i know what's going on right now it's yeah. like i know i'm putting you guys in extreme danger where you absolutely could die yeah but it's good this should turn out fine yeah i mean i know that's <laughs> a controversial pick because a lot of people absolutely love dumbledore sure and i get the love for him but like the more i think about him and i i do understand that the movie presentation especially when michael gaiman took over he does become more angry i guess oh yeah not very fun not whimsical not really whimsical but also the movies stop having much whimsy as do the books like it, it, it gets darker and darker it but that's, you know, I mean, I do understand the planning behind that, that the books would age with the kids, basically. Like, as kids read them, they would be year by year getting older. But, you know, now that you just have them all sitting in your house, kids are just reading them from beginning to end. It's like, oh, this is just a fun, wacky guy to, oh, he's dying now. Spoiler, <laughs> by the way, if you just if you've been waiting for us to get to the sixth movie to yeah. find out what happens, Dumbledore dies. Fucking blew it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I just don't like I don't like him most of the time because it seems like there's no way any of that was planned. It was just blind luck that all this stuff turns out, and it's like he just takes credit for it as though he's this wise like future seer somehow <laughs> that is if he it really is true i can't argue with that if he really thinks that harry potter is as important as he is then he wouldn't have let any of the shit happen in the first book yeah i would think none so. of that shit would have ever happened <laughs> he would have been like so watchful and protective of him anyway he blew it man now you're not wrong about that but what do you think about the real like the fucking Samwise Gamgee of this entire franchise, the actual coolest character that does end up saving the day quite a lot in the last movies and stuff, our homeboy Neville Longbottom. Yeah, oh yeah, he's on my list too. He was right under Luna as favorites. Cause like, good boy. He's, he's a good boy. He's very relatable, and the only difference between his uh, uh, magical, you know, uh, failings... Uh, and Harry's success is that Harry has part of 
Voldemort inside of him, and Neville could have had that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the way the entire like mythology works out, which is something that that this movie, with its underselling of the fucking prophecy that we'll talk about, uh, it turns out that it could have been Neville actually all along that was supposed to be the chosen one. It, it was kind of like a coin toss between him and Harry. And the way that entire thing plays out is really fucking cool. And again, the movies never really touch on it at all. But like Neville, the kid that's kind of the one that's sort of the school nerd that's always getting, you know, his book slapped out of his hand and blowing himself up by accident and stuff like this. He could have been the fucking one that this was all about. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the choice was basically classist. <laughs> like, yeah. It was that the Potters were more successful. and. So Voldemort went after the more powerful family. Well, like, there you go. It, it really, like, the choice was kind of uh, flippant. Like, he could have picked either, and it, it would have been. And the thing is that Neville tries his ass off, too. And Harry doesn't a lot of the time. No, that's true, man. He, he kind of coasts his way through it. better. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Because, I mean, it's like you said, he actually applies himself and does yeah. try hard and, like, learns a lot about herbology and shit like this. Like, he actually does put in some work, and Harry just kind of, like, eh, just kind of slips through the cracks most of the time. <laughs> yeah, he uh, with, Harry without Ron and Hermione is nothing. Oh, but yeah. He's, he's also on my most hated list. <laughs> oh. But, yeah. But, uh... There's a reason why you make your main character kind of blank. It's so people can project themselves on him. Sure, yeah. Like, if he's too exceptional at certain things, like, him being really good at a sport kind of probably makes a lot of people not connect with him. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people don't give a shit about sports. I mean, the fact that he went to school, I'm like, I can't relate to this guy at all. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> when he was living under the stairs and being yelled at, you were like, I get that. Yeah, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I yeah, like, Nev Neville is superior to me as a character to Harry. Because we, we see Harry go through everything... And that m may spoil our sense of him because we see him, we see his modes of thought through the narrator and they're, he's not, he's not bright. He's like, he's not, he doesn't figure shit out very well. Without no. Hermione, most of the time he wouldn't figure anything out. Oh yeah, definitely so. Yeah, Hermione is the true like superpower of that bunch by a fucking country mile. Yeah. And it's just so weird that she's presented as annoying. Yeah, it's kind of sort of Again, right? I'm going to talk about the narrator when we talk about the movie. But, like, it, like why? why? Like, the shit she does is, like, cool. Like, if you're... I, I know that uh, Just Kidding Rowling has said that, like, Hermione is basically her when she was younger. Hey, you can't um, spell Hermione without her. You know what I'm saying? You ever thought about that? Uh, you huh? can't spell mine without myony. Wait, other way yeah. around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like, uh, yeah, Hermione is, she's so, she's cool. She's confident. She doesn't need other people's validation. She's very much validated by her study and by her work. And she's awesome. I like Hermione so much more than I like Harry because Harry just, he won't apply himself and it's so annoying <laughs> that's true honestly of the three of them like harry is easily the least likable yeah 
Ron's very likable. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's just like Harry. He doesn't try very hard and he's really just trying to get through school. But like, he's a super sweet friend who like really cares and goes out of his way. Whereas Harry, a lot of the time is just caught in his own head and up his own ass. I get that, man. And then he goes on to become a fucking co-op. And he goes on to become a cop, and we're supposed to be like, yay! Yay, (laughs) the high school football hero went on to become a cop. He's just going to go on and fucking get somebody a lifetime in Azkaban because they got caught at a wizard rock festival with a a spliff of gillyweed behind their ear. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, exactly what's going to happen. Man, (laughs) we're going to talk about the law enforcement and their uh, barbaric prison systems again when we get to the fucking movie portion. All right, fun. (laughs) I will tell you this, though. I do like Harry a fair bit better than his piece of shit dad james who yes is just a piece of shit like there's not really ever that that redemption arc where it's like no oh actually later on he he figured out he was being a jerk and he donated money to charity like nothing really (laughs) nothing really ever happens he's just like (laughs) yeah he's kind of a piece of shit to fix that i turned the kid into a nazi by bullying him (laughs) he did Uh, kind of do that anti-nazis i don't know i guess i don't know yeah yeah, James sucks. Like, he's actually yeah. the worst. And, you know, Harry, of course, spends a lot of the books and stuff, like, pining to find out about his dad, idolizing him and stuff without really knowing yeah. him. And, and I do like that they take that turn, though, where it's just like, hey, maybe your parents aren't really perfect after all. You know, I except do like that it takes that turn. <laughs> yeah, except she, she was, though. She was, in fact, perfect, yeah. Why was she with that guy? Like, exactly. why was she with James? Yeah, that's, that, that's what I was going to say. That actually makes it worse. That makes me not understand her at all. Because she is super sweet and awesome and excels at everything and, like, really seems to care about people. And I cannot see how you're then like, and I'll end up with this asshole. Well, I think there's some subtext there that James has really good weed and a huge dick. That's oh. it. That's got to be it. Mm, I mean, might not maybe be enough. He, maybe it was the donating to charity bit. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Finally. that seems more likely. <laughs> okay, it could be yeah. that. It could be that. Yeah, yeah it does kind of like make her a little less likable when you're like yeah but you stayed with this guy that fucking sucks yeah and you know he sucked like yeah you no know. it's you just like, eh, him for sucking but he doesn't suck when you guys aren't around um anyway <laughs> lily you could do better you could do better but uh speaking of uh, one of the many mothering characters uh because almost every woman in jk's universe is either mothering or not mothering and that makes her either good or bad that's true the non-mothers bad women yep minerva mcgonagall though is a badass fucking badass dude Mm -hmm. she's great and uh again i think one of the better bits of casting in the movie franchise as well yes yeah maggie smith Smith is a treasure yeah uh i love mcgonagall though like she she um she kind of has a grandmotherly sort of role with Harry throughout where she is strict with him, but also uh, loose. Like, <laughs> she lets them get a lo- get away with a lot of shit, even though she'll, you know, take some points from Gryffindor or whatever. She, she lets them get away with a lot of shit because she has this, like, connection to Harry. She was one of the people that dropped him off outside the Dursley's house. She's kept some sort of tabs on him. It, it's... And then, you know, uh, the big uh, moment where 
they think Harry's dead in the the seventh book. Oh man, yeah. She, you know, she she's the one who is like crying out because of Harry's supposed death. Like she, she sees him as like a, a son or a grandson, and also despite all that mothering, uh, doesn't just do that. She's also amazing at her job and really good at magic. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she uses that magic, too, as we talked about on our Prisoner of Azkaban episode. Definitely Azkaban. turn into a cat and have really crazy fucking weird crazy animal sex. Crazy fucking animal All over sex, the place. Because yeah. what else is the point of being able to do that? Because it definitely never really comes in handy in the movies, like at all like Sirius disguises as a dog every now and then that way he can't be detected but that's it's about the extent of the use of being able to turn into an animal so I guess it's just a sex thing yeah I mean you know I I I just would love an exploration I mean it it could be I, I think if anybody took a critical exploration through the Harry Potter universe and and showed us what it would really be like like it would be like the boys. Like, there would be tons and tons of, like, muggles accidentally getting killed uh, or killed on purpose by a drunk uh, wizard. Like, <laughs> they, they are they are full of power and ability. And the fact that they sort of separate from the world and, and whatnot doesn't make sense to me. And there would definitely be wild ass orgies, though. Is what that's where I was going. There is that they they can do anything. Like you could make your dick vibrate. That's true. Vibratio or something. And fucking, <laughs> like, that sounds about right. Yeah, like I I just and then like right after you could be like uh, uh, fucking abortica fetus interruptus. <laughs> just like I don't understand these kids would be fucking so much oh yeah for sure man. they would just be fucking so much do you think that McGonagall ever turns into a cat and shits in a box <laughs> I bet that's easier you know so she, maybe she, wait, like maybe in the corner of her really, office there's a litter box and everybody's just like what's yeah. that for and she's like well I didn't have a bathroom attached to my office yeah. so yeah. I turned into a cat and I shit in the box okay but if she turns into a cat and has the shit, is it the human-sized shit she would have had? Now, these are the questions we need to explore, because this is getting interesting. Right? Okay, hold on. So this reminds me. I may have talked about this on the show, but George Clooney is a notorious prankster, uh, okay. which is why we're not friends, because oh, he yeah. keeps calling. And I don't like pranks. No. Um, but George Clooney, a notorious prankster, he used to live with uh, uh, Richard Kind, actor Richard Kind. Look him mm-hmm. up, you'll know his face the second you see him. Um, Richard Kind had a cat. So, George Clooney would, anytime the cat would go to the litter box, he would go and, and take the poop and hide it. So, Richard Ew. Kind thought his, <laughs> Richard Kind thought his cat was having, like, probably, like, it wasn't shitting. Yeah. And And then one day, like, after a week of doing this, George Clooney took a shit in the litter box. Like no. human sized shit. What? <laughs> and Richard Kind was like super worried because his cat just had a human sized shit. <laughs> I support this kind of prank, kind of, but you shouldn't make people worried about their pet's health. Yeah. Holy it's shit. Hollywood really people funny, are though. weird, man. Handsome yeah. people are fucking weird. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but now you got me wondering, do you transform into another animal and you have a clean colon? Is that what happens? Or is it whatever you ate last time you were a cat? I don't know. <laughs> Where's the poop go when you turn back I, and forth okay. from an animal? I want to so know. She has said that she just that they make they just make the poop disappear. So like why why do they even have to make it come out? Couldn't they just point at their guts and make it disappear? Yeah. Poopus obliteraticus. Okay, if Just she's one loud fart and it's done. If she's turned into a cat and she hooks up with another cat, right, and gets pergante, uh-huh, then turns Pergnant. back into a human, what happened? What happened? Is she gives birth to kittens, I guess. I mean, I guess so. It's the only answer, I suppose. I mean, she's a bit old to be getting pregnant at this point, but th- these would be like if we made a a CW show about Teen McGonagall, these would be the issues. These would be the issues, you're right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so here's one, and this this one, I kind of, you know, he's, he's hard for me to place, because he is a favorite character, but he's also uh, a hated character, Voldemort. Okay, alright, yeah. He, we get a ton of Voldemort, and... You, you know, you can see from his childhood and the things that happened to him, his progression. And you can feel for him. Yeah. Now, he also does horrendous shit. Oh, far yeah. beyond anything Umbridge ever does. So, I do hate him. But I also really like him. Like, he's real interesting and, like, he's super powerful. Like, the, very, very powerful. That just makes him engaging and i want to know more i mean he does shit that uh, other wizards are afraid of yeah which uh is cool i want to know more but also he tortures children and shit so he's a piece of shit he's a mixed bag (laughs) he's a mixed bag (laughs) he's a mixed bag that one i'll be honest with you i've never really liked old rafey fine's portrayal of him in the movies i just never really have have connected with it you know um i it's different than I thought yeah. in the books, basically. It's it's kind of different. I mean, yeah, it's it's just different. I, I kind of expected him to be darker, less, maybe less like, less of a flair for the dramatic. Yeah, Even yeah. though he does some dramatic shit, he seems more like a, a darker character than he comes off. Though I do like Ray Fine's performance. It is different than mm-hmm. what I expected, yeah. There's one of those things, though, too, though, where it's just like, I don't really know how you can make no nose and high cold voice like cool on screen. Like you can read it and yeah. it's cool. But yeah, you're right. It is kind of hard to do that on screen and not be like, oh, this is like tiny Tim voice on like a leper. Right. Like, is that what well, you're going for? I mean, it kind of I kind of envision him as a ring wraith a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of like, yeah, that sort of voice where, it, yeah, it's a high sort of hissy voice but it's also like menacing and scary but yeah yeah you're right the the ray fines portrayal is not what i expected i'm just gonna cover a blanket statement here and say the best characters in all the books is the entire weasley gang all of them minus oh, yeah? maybe like percy like percy obviously is yeah, a prick and supposed to be that uh-huh. way but dude like mr and mrs weasley fucking awesome the twins the best characters in the books right obviously no, the best I, I don't like them at all you're crazy you're crazy. I just said I don't like pranks. <laughs> that's all they do. All right, that's fair. That's fair. They do yeah. a lot of pranks, so fine. Yeah. 
They'd be I, my yeah, friends. I'm We're going to fucking dunk fan. on you, dude. We're going to prank not you. Not a big fan. I, I just never, I, like, I didn't care so much when Fred died as I did when the owl died. Oh, no way. What? Yeah. yeah. Are you a monster? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I think they're awesome, dude. Like, they're so, like, fucking smart. They're so smart that they're trying to figure out constantly and succeeding on how to not do work and how to get out of the school and, like, they're really some of the most intelligent dudes in the entire school, but they look like fuck-ups because they just don't really give a fuck about school. And sure enough, they go out and start their own venture and fucking succeed, and they're very successful. School was just not meant for them. Too cool for school, I say. I think you're right there. They are, they, I mean, they're not traditional school folk, and they definitely see where they need to be, and they, they like, go toward it. And obviously, like you know, really invest in learning about charms and stuff so that they can make these things and potions and things so they can make these prank products. Uh, so, yeah, they're driven. You know, you, I didn't really ever think about it like that. They are very driven despite the fact that they hate school. Yeah. I never understood hating school, but mm -hmm. now as an adult, I get it. <laughs> it's just a propaganda factory that wastes your time mostly. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but you know I, that they were also the first ones to fucking catch on to um, wizarding uh, cryptocurrency uh, bitnut. You bit know they were the first ones. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Bitnut. <laughs> bitnut. Sounds painful. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, they, they are. They are. That's I mean, that's also not my favorite thing in the world. Capitalist to the core, but they are capitalist to the core. Um, they're always looking for a way to turn something to their advantage, which is something I hate in an individual. So, oh, uh, maybe again, I understand why I'm not big on them, but I like, I like your reading of that there. That is interesting. And I, you know, I've been so like hesitant to even pick up the books again. Cause I just, there's a lot of negative terrible shit in there that just didn't see when I was younger and read sure. them. Uh, but I, I would like to, to look back and see like if I was just really missing a lot with the twins because I just wasn't big on the pranks and shit. Could be. I don't know. Yeah, probably find so. out. All right. I mean, we, uh, we've talked about all my favorites and, and, and hated. Uh, there's one that I have trouble categorizing been and that is Hagrid okay Hagrid all right right again another guy who like means very much well enough and uh -huh. is a, a kind yeah. individual but is also constantly putting these kids in great yeah. peril yeah <laughs> huge yeah, danger yeah. huge danger and he I mean he's he is he's he's very well intentioned and I think you know I, I would just wish for him to recognize that he's half giant and the dangers to these kids are obvious and he should keep them away from certain things. Like it's, it's real hard for me to be like, cause I, I can imagine if I was a kid and you had this half giant who treated you with so much like respect and like just saw you as, as a little adult basically that's really cool, and you'd really enjoy that. But also, 
um, when he doesn't understand that uh, you can't take care of his giant brother. How could you? Yeah. You're just a little kid. Yeah, kind of. And then mm-hmm. there's also, you know, the, the school-sanctioned punishments where it's just like, hey, kids, you misbehaved. You got to go out with this big half-giant guy that dropped out of school <laughs> and go into the forest and find what killed this magical creature unicorn. Yeah. Like, holy what? shit. <laughs> yeah. You'd think at some point that Hagrid would be like, now, listen, something that killed a unicorn is pretty scary. Let's not involve the kids, maybe? Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe the kids can come pick pumpkins in my pumpkin patch as a punishment. Yeah. I don't know. Something <laughs> basic like that. Seems yeah. like a better a better kind of scolding then, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, I mean, Hagrid's entirely lovable. That's why I couldn't say I hate him. I just don't understand. Like, I, I feel like... That, in fact, is a little bit of a writing problem because he he is used as, as you just said, as like this form of punishment a few times. And it's like, I, I feel like Haggard wouldn't want to be a part of that. If ha- the, the, the character that were shown most of the time wouldn't want to be any part of endangering these students. But he sure does do it a lot. But he does it a lot. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think the best slash worst character is definitely our favorite, ageless, immortal, living in the pipes, piss freak, Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> Moaning Myrtle. We like, love she's her. definitely the best worst. Like, she's so much yeah. fun to talk about and explore yeah. her character, but then you're like, she's like a million years old and, like, loves looking at little boys' penises and stuff. Yeah. And getting pissed and shit on. Like, yeah. Those whoa. are not. <laughs> I mean, she a freak. Yeah, she's you know she's just got, but she's got her charms. You know, like, um, hmm. Does she? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're like, hmm. as much as you could kind of talk about it, you're like, but she is like a, a pedophile, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she is, she is. Yeah. So at the end of it. Yeah, she has zero charms, and she's a pedophile. Who, uh, <laughs> There's ever any like parents that l- that write letters into Hogwarts that are like, I was informed that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an immortal ghost was looking at my fucking twelve year old kid's dick while he was pissing <laughs> yeah. in the toilet. Why do you yeah. guys still have her? Why have Probably. you not fucking exercised this bathroom that she lives in? This is disgusting. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> The more I think about it, the more Moaning Myrtle needs to go. There's a lot that needs to go in these books, though. But, yeah. Yeah. that I, I think that's a good one to end on. Yeah. It's kind of hard to top that one, honestly. Yeah, you can't really top the pedophile ghost that lives in a U-bin. Yeah, right? Like, that one's kind of like, oh, okay, all right. We're not really getting yeah. past that one. Because that does exist, and it is just kind of accepted. Yeah, just... Like, whatever, yep. Don't go in that bathroom. She'll talk your head off. What? <laughs> uh, she'll also look at your dick. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It just kind of shows you that, like, really the UK needs more wizarding schools so that there's some competition. This is what happens when one yes. school holds a monopoly on absolutely everything. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, well, yeah, your kids might die. Um, mm-hmm. They will definitely get peeped on by a pedophile, but eh, where else are you going to send them? Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> what are you going to do? Send them to France? That's all the way across uh, the channel. How will you even get there? Oh, we can fly. 
We what do you got to do? Right. Send them to send them to real school and let them learn about you know mathematics and sex ed and stuff like that? No way. Yeah, the normal things kids should be learning about along with the magic that they're in, uh, you know, control of a, a Maybe. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it, right? Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> There's a lot of questions about the the Hogwarts Harry Potter universe that we have, and it seems like the more you tug on those threads, uh, the the weirder sometimes stuff gets. And yep. I can't imagine how weird some of those things get if you're watching these movies having not read the books. Uh, and that's the this yeah, is that's the, the first, first thing I'll say that about that. I've read the book like before I saw the movie. The first one, really? Yeah, because I the up to up to the fifth movie, like I I think I started reading them a couple months before the seventh came out. So I had already read the fifth and the sixth when the fifth movie came out. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so th- this was the first time that I was like, "What's it gonna like? What's the adaptation gonna be like?" Right, and the fifth movie and the seventh book came out around the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think it preceded it by like maybe a month or so or something like that. Because I remember watching this in the theaters, and definitely already having my my expectations tempered by like the third and fourth ones, especially where it's just like, okay, so I guess these aren't really gonna make any sense if you haven't read the books, right? Yeah. Yeah, but then you meet yeah, so many people three. that have seen these movies and haven't read the books. They're like, yeah, I love them. And it's just like, do you really, though? Because they can't make any fucking sense. So I remember watching this in the theaters and being like, yeah, that's eh, not really my favorite book anyway. Like the fifth one, like most people, the fifth one's probably my least favorite book. Um, I know it's like your favorite, though, it right? It is my favorite, yeah. But it, right. I, yeah, it's a, it's dark. It's a trudge. There's yeah. a lot of emo going on in there. Yeah, definitely so, man. But I will say I have a really great memory associated with this movie, which I've mentioned on other Harry Potter episodes that we've done. On that day that the seventh book came out, it was just like Harry Potter Day with a bunch of our friends and stuff. And we met up and ate and drank and basically like pre-gamed in the fucking Barnes & Noble parking lot or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, awaited our copies of the new book and stuff and then stayed up all night reading it and all that jazz. And yeah, saw this movie the same day for like the second time, just... Not really because we wanted to see it again. It's just like, well, it's Harry Potter. We got to do it. <laughs> got to get that HP going. Yeah, yeah man. So it's honestly like one of my fondest memories um, of, you know, just some fun stuff involving the Harry Potter universe and all that jazz. Whenever you saw this movie the first time, how did you feel about it? I liked it. I still do. Um, really? It's, I mean, it. it it's... Um, Solid. There, There's a lot of problems for sure. It doesn't... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too short. I mean, it's it's right. not normally a complaint of of a movie, but it's too short at two. Hours. I mean, the the runtime is two hours and eighteen minutes, but it is it is fourteen minutes of credit, so wow. barely over two hours. Yeah, which is kind of kind of nutty considering that they like turned the longest book into the shortest movie. It's kind of it's the yeah, opposite of what they did with the seventy pages <laughs> into two hours is. Yeah, that's a problem. You're going to cut yeah. a ton. You're going to lose a lot of context and stuff. But this one also has some of the best imagery, some of, uh, you know, the best battles and stuff. It that's has true. the best battle of any of the movies. Totally agree. Uh, Absolutely agree with that. But, it, yeah, it, it, it probably just has more use of magic than any of the others. And no Quidditch, which, as I said, would have made it lighter and i think they should have included it. it's the only movie i've i've ever argued they needed quidditch but um 
at the time when I first saw it, I was like, oh, good, no Quidditch. Because the Quidditch sucks in most of the movies. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like, especially after you've already seen Quidditch in a couple of movies, it's just like, okay, I, I get it. Like, I don't really need to sit here and watch half a game, especially in a movie that's already going to be trying to consume this ginormous book. I don't think watching a, a sports game is exactly integral to the story. But I will yeah. say, like... That was another thing in the book that made Umbridge so very hateable is that she permanently banned um, Harry from ever playing Quidditch again because he, you know, hit Malfoy or, or something like that. And it made you hate Umbridge that much more because you're like, fuck, man, he's not going to get to play. Like, they could have even done that in this movie and just had some scene where he was caught misbehaving. I was like, no Quidditch for you. And you're like, that's why there's no Quidditch in this movie. Instead, yeah. there's just no Quidditch in this movie because there's not. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's definitely like an issue, like because every other movie except I guess the seventh and eighth uh, has Quidditch, and it is Ron like Ron's big story throughout the fifth book is him trying out for and being on the Quidditch team. Right, that's true, man. That's true. And that's like him becoming you know more confident and stuff, and that you just don't get that. <laughs> it's so. And then in the sixth movie, he's playing Quidditch. So it's yeah, just like, it's like oh, uh, it just okay. happened. Yeah, yeah, I guess that happened because it did. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. There's also no Dobby in this movie at all, which... With, yeah. here's, here's the thing, man. Like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me where, you know, throughout the books, Dobby is a character that keeps coming up back and back and more. I understand, yeah. um, as we talked about in some of our other episodes, why they got rid of Dobby in the fourth one and the whole, like, spew... Uh, free the house elves thing because it's essentially kind of like some people like being slaves see <laughs> and that's yeah, like that is it. that it had to be it that some movie producers were like so we're not gonna include your it's cool that we've got slaves because they really love slavery they love it dude they love working it's fine like uh, I don't really know how, how well this is selling <laughs> yeah I mean but the, it's so crazy like that they they were like cool with cutting that bit which kind of then undercuts Dobby's whole death and everything but they still went with Cho Chang as the name of the only Asian character why is that only Asian character we have the Patels technically India is in Asia true um but she's the only uh Chinese character and she has a first name that is a Korean family name? What? Like, oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> it's... Okay, so there have been complaints about it. Uh, and it, uh, Katie Long, who plays uh, Cho Chang, has expressed that while she was, you know, uh, filming and, and whatnot, she got tons of racist hate mail from fans. Jesus. And the, uh, you know... PR people ask her not to talk about it back then. So not only was there, you know, a, a racist character name, uh, but also they were sweeping racism under the rug actively. Mm. Um, Ooh. What? Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, th- their decision to not include the uh, slaves who love being slaves doesn't really fix the other racist problems that they have. Uh, which, you know, also include the stereotypical Jewish characters who run the bank. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they don't uh, do anything to eliminate that. So <laughs> gotta pick your battles, Steve. You gotta pick and choose I here, guess man. Yes, you do, but like she Man, I I mean, <laughs> why did it take the trans comments for us to all finally backlash on this? Like why did it, why did no. we let all of it pass until finally we were just like, okay, that is the fucking straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> why are you a piece of shit? Just stop. Just shut yeah. up. Just stop talking about we it, right? We liked your books. Now we can't. Yeah. Uh. Have you noticed how bad Cho gets dunked on in this movie, too? Where, like, okay, in the books, she brings her friend along to be part of the Order of the Phoenix, and her friend's the one that ends up ratting him out and stuff, right? right? In this... Cho Chang's the one that ends up ratting him out, but it's because she's been fucking force-fed Verita serum, like truth-telling serum, by Umbridge. Like, she didn't do anything wrong. She was, like, basically tortured into telling the truth. And then Harry's like, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) What a dick. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, I I just don't understand. Like, I I do. And let's talk about the narrator here. So, okay. narrators of course a lot of times in books are omniscient meaning they they know everything so they're giving us the they're giving us the thoughts of all the characters and all these things etc and i kind of always assumed that we were dealing with an omniscient like unbiased narrator in the harry potter books but then i started thinking about spew and Hermione's efforts to free the house elves uh-huh. and how the book presents her as ridiculous as a silly okay. little girl who doesn't understand. So then trying to free the, the house elf slaves. Yeah, right. So the narrator is taking a very conservative approach to everything. Hmm, okay, okay. So we have to then constantly remember that the story we're being told is being told from this conservative perspective. And I say conservative in that it hopes to conserve the uh, current way of wizarding life. And that current way involves slavery, and that current way involves Luddite thinking, where they don't use technology and stuff. <laughs> that current way of thinking includes a barbaric prison system where people are just tortured to no end. And they may never, ever, ever get out. Um, and Okay, I will correct you here, though. I will correct you here. In this movie, for whatever fucking reason, there is technology in the castle... They listen That's to true. a radio, the, the radio, and they have an intercom. Yeah. There's an intercom in there. Yeah, it's weird. What? <laughs> weird additions. Why? Um, we also have in this world, and I really need to understand this, man, and we got to drill down to what the fuck is going on here. They've preserved capitalism for some reason. And, <laughs> and I There's really no other have, way. I really have to question this, because wizards can do basically anything. They can create shelter with magic. They can create water with magic. They just Mm -hmm, can't make food. You can't make a food. There is a a limitation there. But they have magic to gather food. They don't even have to put effort into gathering food. Gardenicus. Yeah, they could steal food from muggles and the muggles would never know. So there you go. 
Magic has provided you with all of your needs. Yeah, but you need for some people to be poorer than other people to make the world work. For some reason, you need a monetary system that makes zero sense uh, and a bank that, Ben, do you ever remember anyone in the books taking out a loan from this bank? I don't think so, no. Yeah, it's never even mentioned. Fred Fred and, and George, they save up money. And we'll talk about that in a second. They save up money to open a joke shop. Well, and Harry gives them that money from when he won the, right, the right. Triwizard Tournament, although that's not in the movies. And in this movie, you're just like, they have money to start the shop because they do. Yeah. Okay. So the bank is not a lending institution. It's just a place where people store all their treasures and gold. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who are they? Okay. <laughs> The only shit you can spend money on in the entire universe is books for school, a one-time wand purchase. One time. Should be. One fucking time. Ollivander's Mm -hmm. stays open with people coming in one time in their life, one day a year before school, and buying one thing. (laughs) What? (laughs) so the only shit you can buy is shit for school or junk food it does seem like they do a lot of that yeah and ogden's fire whiskey so being poor in the harry potter universe just means what you can't afford junk food well it's like 80s poor where it's like you're poor in that you only take one vacation a year you know yeah i yeah i and wait but why Again, Why are the Weasleys so you poor? Can, you can fly anywhere. You can teleport wherever the fuck you want to go, and you can just create a goddamn uh, shelter there. You can bring your little bitty tent that's actually way bigger on the inside. I don't understand how you could have poverty in this entire world, but JK insisted on poverty existing. <laughs> Why? You know, it is kind of funny, though, when you think about all these people that live in these ramshackle places and stuff, even the Weasley's place is, like, halfway falling down most of the time, and it's just like, man, I saw those tents y'all stayed in at the, uh... Yeah, why don't you just the, the Quidditch World stay Cup. in the tent? Those seem nice. Yeah, just stay in your, stay, stay in your tent. Like, what, what the <laughs> fuck? It makes no sense. Like, the... Okay, and so the Weasley's, all right. So, Diagon Alley... The only place to shop if you're a wizard in the United (laughs) Kingdom. The only place to go. That's the place. Where did they find empty space to open their shop? Why would any of the shops ever shut down? That would imply that one of them closed or something, wouldn't it? (laughs) I don't get it. Maybe somebody died. I don't know. Has been around for over a thousand years. We're told, right? That's true. Yeah. So that's just been that shop there for a thousand years selling one-time purchases of a wand for ten centuries. So yeah, I I don't understand wizard capitalism and its necessity. She could have just not made up uh, an ultra-complicated monetary system and had a bank full of stereotypes. Like, she could have just not done that. Maybe, but it also does make me wonder, too, though. It's just like, does it not pay very well to work for the fucking government, for the Ministry of Magic? Because I mean, it seems like they are poor. That, it seems like you have two choices if you're a wizard. You work for the Ministry of Magic or the school. That's about it, do, huh? Do they pay radically different? Oh, 
or be a wizard rock star, obviously. <laughs> Dance around like a crazy elf. Uh, or maybe you're a Quidditch star. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, kind of it does opportunities in the magical world, huh? Well, and other people who work at the ministry aren't poor. So why is Arthur Weasley poor? Yeah, he's broke, huh? I mean, they say it's because he has all those kids. But again, what are you buying for all the kids that you don't have <laughs> money left over? Dude, what if there's like, oh, this is this is what's going to happen. Old Just Kidding Rowling is going to listen to this episode, and she's going to tweet at us, actually, Mr. Weasley had a heroin problem the entire series. <laughs> That's where all his money was going. It's fucking smack, dude. Yeah. Oh, Arthur's on the horse again. That's what he really got into in the muggle world. He's like, the muggles have all these fascinating things. They're like magic when you put them in your body. It's like fading away beyond the veil. Uh, uh. Yeah. So there you go. That's, That's why it. they're broke, man. It's because of fucking smack problem. And Molly is just like too supportive. She's an enabler, dude. Yeah. Molly's absolutely. like, he'll, he'll get better. This is his last time. Mm hmm. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah that sounds about right that's probably what it is <laughs> i this uh, the entire i mean the entire point of the harry potter series i think i said it maybe last time we talked about harry potter is being normal is the best and the only way to be successful is to be as normal as possible gotta blend in be mediocre mm-hmm because it does seem like there are a lot of mediocre wizards in this world. Like, there's a couple that are, like, super, super badasses, and then everybody else is just kind of, like, passable, I guess. Yeah. Not, not many people try to develop this insane power that they have. Like, just, you can do basically anything. And if you work hard like, at it. And basically all you really end up doing is being a cop or a teacher. <laughs> what? How like life this is. I These guess. stories are more real than fiction. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> you know, there is a very uh interesting part of this reality that you brought up to me as well, which is the lives of the kids that are born to muggles while they're not at school. This is interesting. Yeah, so I mean, look, I've been eleven years old. People standing around once. talking about all the cool stuff they've got. You want to tell them uh, about the cool you stuff you got? What'd you do over the summertime? I ate a popsicle and went on a slip and slide. It was so fucking rad. I saw my teacher at the grocery store and I threw a can of soda pop on his shoes. I'm cool. Yeah. So what'd people, you do? You know, you're 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 this uh, uh, wizard child of Muggle parents. You're hanging out with your friends. They're like, "Hey, what school do you go to?" <laughs> it's a it's a Oi, it's a school you've never heard of. It's a private school. It I mean, you're, you're trusting 11-year-olds to never, ever mention, I go to a magic school. <laughs> a secret that could, like, expose the entire world to forces and powers that they know not about. And you are kind of trusting children, many of which are pieces of shit, especially the ones that yeah. belong to the racist house of the school. You're kind of putting a lot of faith in them. Well, this goes back to, like, you know, why they let the go, they let the kids go and hunt unicorn killers and stuff like that. They're like, you know what? These kids have got it. Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> They're fine, these kids. A lot uh, of they're real mature kids. for their age. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, like... 
there's so many seams, so many cracks. I know that these things aren't supposed to be overly analyzed by adults. They're meant to be read by children. Well, that's the thing is like, I don't know about getting any lessons from the character of Harry himself, but it's like, I think that there is redeemable, valuable stuff in saying like, hey, check Hermione out. She's fucking yes. great. <laughs> like but the, the book, as I said, yeah. the narrator makes fun of Hermione. Several <laughs> <So>. times. <laughs> I don't so, know, honestly. Yeah, I, I just like, you know, the the end of every book is basically you need friends and you need family. <laughs> and it's like, I, I guess that's a cool message and all, but they're, they're definitely better deeper messages you can get across to kids which are in tons of other highly uh worth reading children's books i I still you know obviously kids are going to be entertained by these books they're great i got a recommendation instead maybe you crack open the b-i-b-l-e yes that's the book for me got all the answers now that's a story worth telling right there (laughs) tell you that number one with a bullet and then J.K. Rowling tweets at us, actually, Jesus was a wizard. Oh, oh that is, isn't that canon? I'm pretty sure that's canon. Yeah? Yeah, it's on Pottermore, I believe. Not positive. <laughs> pretty sure Jesus also be was like, a wizard. Also, Jesus was gluten-free. And we'll be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> but not, not like he didn't eat gluten-free. His body is gluten-free. So if you got, ke- you got that, uh, what do you call keto it? Keto Christ, like a, yeah. Not, not Keto Christ. What is the gluten thing? Gluten intolerance or whatever. You oh, can celiac. eat the body of Christ without any problems. There you go, man. It's right there. It's written written in the good book. Now, let's talk about Harry here because Harry, you know, is uh, is kind of a love it or leave it sort of topic here in this fifth installment of the franchise because he's emo Harry. In the books, there are long, long, long pa- passages just describing how constantly irritated he is and how... Uh, how he's, you know, constantly like away from his friends and very isolated and stuff. There's a lot of anger in Harry in this one. And that's one of the things about the book that kind of like drove me crazy. And maybe because whenever I was reading the book, I was still pretty close to that age where I was also, you know, always cranky and mad at everything and overdramatic all the time. Maybe it was just like, oh, I just escaped being like this. I don't want to read about this. Maybe if I read it now, I'd be a little bit more sympathetic and be like, well, he did just watch that kid die at school. So, and also too, this this goes back to a typical horror trope that we've seen explored in um, The Exorcist, most notably. Is it puberty? Is it possession? Why are these kids so cranky? Yeah, this is very much like a, a puberty allegory, which, you know, isn't something that just happens to you in one school year, but it's kind of how it goes in Harry Potter world. Um, <laughs> but he, yeah, he, he's, he's going through puberty. Basically he's having this like, who am I, you know, do people like me type of stuff going on in his head. And I, I recognize that uh, that's no normal teenage stuff. So like when I was reading it, it, to me, it was just like, yeah, it's man, fucking being a teenager sucks. It's real yeah, hard. It does kind of remind you of that. And it is written very well. It is very much like, you know, it is very much like the thought process of how it is when you're that age and like everything. Yeah, everybody is fucking... hates me. Like nobody understands yeah. me. All that stuff. Yeah, exactly, man. Plus, you know, he's stuck living there with the Dursleys and all that. He can't do some magic. He can never go up there to his little cupboard and be like, Fleshlighticus and have some fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> that's, that is true. You can't do that. I, you know, there should be a wizard sex shop on Diagon Alley, right? Or oh at least uh, down the, the dark alley side, right? Well, some of those knobs are really like, uh, they, they have some uh, some little bits and bobs and some knobbly bits on them there. I think even mm-hmm. the Elder Wand itself kind of has that butt pluggy kind of vibe, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I you know, people's relationships with their wands, the intimacy that they have with these wands, I'm just saying maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe so. <laughs> Why do you think everybody wanted that thing so bad? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that like... Um, when you when you just look at the the teenage angst bit that's going on, I just think it's really well developed and really well done, which is why it's one of my favorite books because it it is the the deepest character study that we really get. I think in the sixth book we do get a pretty good character study of, of Voldemort, which is why mm-hmm. I said he's he's actually you know one of my favorite characters, even though I also hate him because he's a terrible person. Um. It, the the deeper that they explored each character, the more I connected to them. So this was the time where I could really like kind of understand Harry. Yeah. But also yeah. he he needed adults there. Like this the conversation that he has with Sirius is is the thing that helps him the most, where like he finally just gets an adult perspective that's just like, no, this is normal. You're mm-hmm. all right, everything's fine. And the fact that he was failed up to that point by these people who supposedly care about him, it's just like, I, I, I don't know, man. That, that's disappointing because so many of these characters, like McGonagall, as I said before, like uh, I feel like would show more uh, care mm-hmm. in these situations and be like, look, what you're going through is normal. This is all kind of normal. Uh, and then maybe... Like, I, I think if that had developed that way, where, like, the, the people who care about him were saying that, but he was still, like, resistant, and then them realizing that it is Voldemort, like, that would have been interesting to me, rather than, basically, uh, Dumbledore already pretty much suspects it, and then they just shut him out. Like, that, that doesn't make sense to me. I do yeah. get that the more he knows about the order, the worse it is for them. But the more he knows about himself, the better it is for them. So, like, they should have still been there for him. Like, yeah. Dumbledore didn't have to have conversations with him about those other things. Yeah, it does kind of seem that way. How do you think they captured his his teen angst and stuff in the movie? Because I actually feel like this movie is a little bit lighter and more... I don't know, fun at times than the book is. Yes, it is. It is lighter than the book, though. It's the, you know, it's the biggest dark turn for the movies so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's better. Like, Daniel Radcliffe is better in this movie than he was in the previous movies. For sure, yeah. He's definitely become better, matured more as an actor. And all of the actors are, are doing, all the kid actors are doing a lot better in this. I think the way that Daniel Radcliffe, Radcliffe portrays it is, I mean, I this may be an editing problem, but the first time we really see him show his frustration, I think they they came in a beat too early because mm, yeah. you just kind of see him standing in front of that uh, that cabinet or whatever, and then he's like. Ugh! And it's just like, it should have come in just like a beat later where he's already kind of hit it rather than showing us kind of just 
awkwardly standing there for a second like he just <laughs> doesn't work i don't think that's his fault i think he does a good job portraying this sort of angst and stuff and coming across as as um you know just teen angsty but then he does this sort of neck thing that shows when he's voldemorting out like oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's a pretty good choice i think yeah i suppose so it also just makes you think like man in addition to the lack of things like, you know, mathematics and sex ed and other things that they're not doing at Hogwarts, I guess they also don't have, like, school therapists or guidance counselors or, like, anything to help people that are going through stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wizards don't do therapy. They just take the uh, memories out of their head and put them in a pensive. Like, what? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> It'll be fine. But they're not trained in anything. Like, they really only study magic. They Like... The, they are like the way they treat these kids is not even like normal for the 90s i was in school in the 90s teachers weren't like this these <laughs> teachers are so mean maybe that's normal in the uk maybe this is just one of those things you know they eat beans for breakfast dude like i'd be angry <laughs> just farting all day right yeah. i i mean oh man the aggressiveness of the school though like We've got to talk about the bullying issue at Hogwarts. And they got it, a problem, I'll tell you that, man. They do, and it, it definitely starts with the teachers, because there are some bully-ass teachers. Uh, but then you have 25% of your students are just evil. Yeah, there's there's the racist house, so yeah, they're going to be very awful to everybody. Yeah. Then uh, Ravenclaw treats Luna like shit. They do kind of dunk on her a lot, yeah. Yeah. So we got... Basically, 50% of the students are bullying? What? <laughs> and also, too, now that I think about it, a little bit of everybody kind of dunks on Harry and stuff. All the whenever, time. You know, he's going to be like the, the Triwizard Champion and stuff. Like, even fellow Gryffindors are, like, hating on him and stuff. Yep. It, it, is, a, it is an aggressive fucking school. Bullying as shit. They have, uh, they have fights, like, that could end in deaths. <laughs> because sure. they involve wands <laughs> yeah and the, and the and the teachers are just contributing to this they're never trying to mitigate it at all they are always contributing to it that is true it it just seems like I, and and i might be wrong for saying this but it seems to me that wizards on the whole are bad people not a lot of not a lot of good eggs there huh yeah i'll have to they, think about this it's they're just not a whole like even lily potter that we were talking about early still still it's like well why did you end up with that dude then if you're so nice like everybody maybe she had to end up with that dude because everybody's such a bully she was like well i mean he's he's, he's the best a bully, one i guess the hell isn't <laughs> he's not in the racist school i guess yeah like I, it's it's a it's a weird universe. It's a very aggressive universe. Yeah, I think that you're right about that. But they even did neuter out some of the some of the people in the world of of the wizarding world there that are picking on Harry and stuff because a big part of the fifth book is this kind of like media smear campaign against uh -huh. Dumbledore and Harry for saying that Voldemort is back. Like the entire Ministry of Magic and stuff just refuses to believe that something that bad could be going on and they're constantly trying to like downplay him and say that he's full of shit and then i think it's 
It's maybe even like Seamus comes to school and he's like, Oi, Eri, my mom saw on the Fox News Tucker Carlson said that you're full You are nowhere of near Seamus, and this is a shame. He is Irish. <laughs> That's the same. What are you Accident, doing? Right? That's the same Not one. even close. It's more like this. <laughs> my mom didn't want me to come back to school this year. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's much better. <laughs> Seamus, Seamus goes at him and then later comes back with a teeny tiny short tie and apologizes. That's true. It is a mm-hmm. very short tie. <laughs> but they kind of took out that like fake news aspect of this, which I thought was kind of a cool story. But here's another problem about this. Okay. Because they are still, you know, insisting that the ministry denies that Voldemort isn't back and everything, right? Kind of pulling that Ghostbusters 2 sort of thing going on. But here's the problem. Okay. In the fourth movie, Barty Crouch Jr., secret agent of Voldemort, Uh isn't killed. He's captured by the ministry. So the ministry has in their hands somebody who was actively working for Voldemort. They have and they in their can hands. just pull the memories out of his head. And they're like, nah, he's not back. Nah. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, I always hate this when uh, we see politicians portrayed as not knowing what's going on and not actively choosing to mm-hmm. pretend. Like, if they, if they had revealed that obviously... And I think in the book there are people working for... Um, Voldemort, obviously, to try to repress this information or suppress this information. But um, in, in the movie, there's nothing going on. And so we're just supposed to believe that the minister, Cornelius Fudge, is just a real good man who's just refusing to believe a bad thing is happening. Um, and The Reagan defense, it's called. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I don't like that portrayal. I do. I you know, somebody could correct me. It's been a long time since I read the books, but I, I do remember that there were forces inside the ministry working actively for Voldemort to try to suppress information and, and spin the narrative, etc. So mm-hmm. in the movie, though, it makes no sense. It's just like he's obviously denying all this, all these, uh, you know, reports and things. And then he's just like, oh, my God, he's back. Like, he wouldn't be surprised. He wouldn't even be that surprised because he's heard so much information telling him he is back. It would be a moment where he's like, fuck, I guess he is. Not like, oh, what? I've never heard of such a thing. (laughs) But, you know, there's other stuff in this that... (laughs) I don't know why I went into Doc Brown there. I mean, it makes total sense to me. It works. (laughs) But there's other stuff in this that doesn't really make a ton of sense either especially regarding like the biggest plot point of this entire story which is that fucking prophecy which in this movie i don't understand if you've not read the books how you see that as being important at all because if you're just watching these movies dude dude like they talk about how like oh yeah voldemort's looking for this uh prophecy thing it's like a weapon or something and then harry whenever he gets it in the the uh, Department of Mysteries or whatever, the Hall of Prophecies that he's in there, it just kind of like plays the short version of it while it's in yeah. his hand. Which and it's is just the like, stuff that we know Voldemort already knows. Yeah, because like, y'all gonna have to kill each other one of these days. And it's like, okay. Also, too, like fucking um, Lucius Malfoy is standing in the shadows like a foot away from here. So he, can so hear he heard it, it, right? He definitely heard it. Yeah. And also, yeah, in the movie, was this, it makes was zero this news? Sense. 
Like, was this like, oh, man, I thought they could live together and be friends. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> like Voldemort's been spending this entire time trying to figure out how can we coexist? Do I or don't I? I'd like to avoid it if I can help it. I mean, he seems like a nice yeah. enough kid. Like, of right. course he wants to fucking kill him. I don't really, yes. I don't understand this. And also, too, the way that the, the prophecy and everything is played out in the movie completely skips over the fact that that was Trelawney and that's the entire reason that Trelawney still has a job and is housed at Hogwarts and stuff like that like in the movies she's just like a fuck up yeah, that she's doesn't a know what she's doing, and she gets kicked out of the school in this, and you don't fucking care. <laughs> like, there's so many characters in this uh, movie series that end up, you know, going out, dying, whatever, and you're like, I think I'm supposed to care, but I don't. The movies require you to have read the books, but then they also like try to be something you could watch if you haven't read the books. But then sometimes, like the third and and this one. They don't, and the fourth one, they just don't explain tons and tons of shit, and you're just supposed to go with it. Yeah, like, dude. It's a it's a real, like, who are these four type of thing, but also, as we know, people love them. People who haven't read the books love them. People who have read the books love them. So, there's something there still, no matter, you know, no matter, this movie made almost a billion dollars, like, this, Golly, was, man. this was seen by a ton of people. And the follow-up movies made even more money. So nobody was put off by this movie. Well, clearly, I guess so. But man, I just don't understand how that entire prophecy business makes any fucking sense if you're watching this movie and don't know the it books. And, and honestly, even when you it read the books, make, it's just yeah, like... I was gonna say, it doesn't make a lot of sense even in the books that he spends a year trying to get this prophecy and then the information he gets really doesn't change anything. Yeah, it's like, okay, so I should kill him. Got it. Got it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so I was right. That's what cool. I thought, but Carrying I, on. Know. I wanted to make sure. I wanted to spend a year on making sure. I wanted to keep myself hidden from the ministry for whatever reason. Yeah. I just don't, okay, I just don't get the power structures within all of this at all either. Voldemort scares all of these people because they don't spend any time trying to learn magic. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't they just a little, spend a little bit of time learning more magic so that if another Voldemort comes along, it would be like, well, we are equally powerful and there's several of us. I'll tell you what could stop all this foolishness going on, make everybody a whole lot less scared. A good man with a gun in every crowd. I'll tell oh, you that. Yep. Did you hear about the recent good man with a gun who got killed by the police? Yeah, for being a good man with a gun. Yeah. 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 yeah, this this isn't a but dumps like it really did no, happen. It really, it really did, did just happen. happen. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, one hundred percent. The fact that uh, we're supposed to worry that Voldemort is gonna kill all the humans is ridiculous. He's not immune to bullets, and we're. I mean, if he were to attack humans, we wouldn't take him. On, muggles, I guess they're all humans. Muggles, they wouldn't take him on one at a time. He'd be getting that's shot from about every too, single fucking angle. He'd die. No, man. That, that's something that I've thought about, too, where it's just like, okay, his ultimate plan is to, yeah, enslave all the muggles and stuff like that. First, he's got to take care of the wizarding world and uh, beat a school, I guess. Like, in his global domination plan, it's like, step one, beat a school. Yep. <laughs> and then Kill the a child. <laughs> yeah. What? And okay. then onwards to the rest of humanity, but... 
I thought about that before too, where it's just like after he takes over the school, then he's like, "All right, now we will begin taking over the United States." He talks like right. Skeletor in my head. <laughs> yes. We'll start with <laughs> Texas, and like he flies down there, looking all pale and noseless with his wand with a bunch of freaky looking people and then just gets like fucking I guess riddled with bullets at a barbecue place's parking lot or something Probably. Like, and yeah. over <laughs> the end he maybe gets a few spells off but like again it's bullets like, <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that's what gets him shot is like he goes down there and he's muttering some spells and incantations and they're like he ain't speaking English <laughs> well, that's Satan yeah yeah it wouldn't work out for him I just like also, yeah, it just seems like you'd start at Muggles rather than the school. Like, if that's your plan. Do, like, even if you got every wizard on your side, guess what, guy? We got bombs. Yeah. You've lost. The end. <laughs> Bye. Oh, you got giants? Bombs. <laughs> Wait, but they do have, uh, like, some werewolves on their side, too. Oh, bombs. <laughs> We have them. What? I just, yeah, there's no threat in the end. Like, there's no real threat. Humans would die. Not a lot. Yeah, ultimately, though, like I said, the whole prophecy thing, I I just don't get it. Like, I don't really understand why this is so important. And I'll tell you, too, that's a big problem with this movie for me as well is like, you know, I think it was probably when I was about 50 minutes into the movie and it's just like, Harry, he's at school. There's this Umbridge lady. Uh, mm-hmm. What else is going on? I was kind of like, there's not really a plot yet. And I'm like an hour into this movie. So far, this movie is a year at school with Harry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's not really, really anything going escalates on. escalates quickly. Like, it goes slow for a bit. Then she starts torturing everybody. Then the end. Like, we're now we're in the end game. Everything is happening in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a... Yeah, there's not a lot of activity except watching because that that's the thing about the book is it's mostly a character study. There's it is, not a absolutely. ton of action other than the Quidditch. Like so yeah, it, it's it's not the most action-filled movie and then when it does get to the action it does it way too fast. It does it real fast. And there's action beats they could have put into yeah. this movie mm-hmm. too. Like do you remember whenever I think it's like a bunch of Umbridge's gang or somebody like comes to the school and they go to like Hagrid's hut to like expel him and like McGonagall and shit. And then like they fight like fucking crazy out there and Hagrid like kind of beats ass. And uh, Dumbledore's out there too. I believe it. (laughs) Like that would have been awesome to see, man. That would have been really, really cool. I think like Hagrid's. I'm trying to remember. Maybe his hut gets set on fire. Maybe that's in the se- the sixth one. I think that's somebody's in the banging one. the dashboard yeah. right now. But yeah, there was some really cool shit that happened whenever they tried to remove them from the school. There's also those cool scenes um, towards the end there, whenever they go into the Department of Ministries, and they're going into all those like crazy fucking spacey experimental rooms. With, yeah, like, we don't get the brains any of in that. the tank. Yeah, we and they're like get... fighting Death Eaters all along the way. Fucking we just get the cool. Hall of memories and then that that room with the the archway. Yeah, the yeah. veil thing. That's kind of it. Like, there was room for them to put more action here. It's Absolutely. funny because, like, even though this movie is short and we're saying it could be longer, it still felt long to me because there was just yeah, so much of the, the movie of where I'm action. like, yeah, dude, it's like watching this movie, I know the point of the movie because I've read the book and stuff, but if you're just sitting here watching it to do a podcast about it, you're like, there's not really a lot of plot that has oh, happened yeah. yet. I Yeah, surprisingly, I only had like a page and a half of notes other than writing down all the cast lists and stuff, which is gigantic. Like, uh, 
there there isn't you're right there's not a lot of major points to talk about uh, i mean it brings in a lot of new characters some sure, of them yeah. which come in very well and other ones where you're just like okay like mrs fig at the first is just like hi i'm here i've always been here um i'm secretly a part of the wizarding community bye yeah, yeah in the <laughs> books we, we get more mrs fig and stuff so we we know who she is and why you know harry's now being it's being revealed to harry that she knows about magic yeah, yeah. i don't remember if she herself if she was a squib or if she was i think a she's witch. a squib yeah yeah but that she's been like tasked by vold or not voldemort dumbledore to kind of watch over him uh and you know so that's a big surprise moment but in this it's just like put away your wand harry or don't put away your wand harry and we're like oh that old lady must be a witch or something like, yeah, yeah, there's no, like, connection. After that Dementor attack, which, okay, couple issues here, Steve. Right. <laughs> Number one, the Dementors look differently than they did last time. Yeah, the effects in this are... A step hmm. backwards. Like, yeah, I don't understand how... The, dude, think about how cool those fucking dragons looked in yeah. the fourth one. And then compare that to how fucking Grop looks in this. Like, Ugh. shit. Looks, looks real, like shit. real bad. Yeah. Big step yeah. back in the special effects. I don't understand that. So anyway, the Dementors look different because directors don't care about honoring anything that happened in previous movies. See the third movie and the redesign of absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, also, too, Dementors sneak up on Harry. I thought that any time Dementors were around, Harry heard screaming in his head and blacked out and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, because when they're nearby, you can feel them. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, too, if you're just watching this fucking movie... Where the fuck did those come from? Why did they appear? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You never find out that it was Umbridge that sent them, ever. Yeah. It's just that, like, yes. I don't know, they show up. People inside the ministry working against Harry and, and, and Dumbledore, etc. Yeah. Yeah. They showed up to start the movie and get Harry kicked out of school again. Like, that's the whole reason. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Though, honestly, uh, I like that opening a lot like when i remember seeing it in the theaters and being like oh cool because he's in the normal world yeah. for a little bit and we just mm -hmm. you don't get a ton of that in these movies and uh, it does have that good loneliness books. and stuff too he's sitting on the swings by himself and everything you do get that like isolated feel like yeah without showing us a montage of harry being alone all summer even just with a few scenes it does set it up very effectively You're yeah right. the, he's lonely he's frustrated etc so yeah, that's good. But yeah, you're right. Like the the Dementors look different and not as good. And also, yeah, the the CGI throughout is just not great. Uh, I pointed this out to you, and I had to you rewatch it. Around one eleven in the movie, <laughs> you'll see a CGI uh, Santa ornament flying, and I swear it looks like a local commercial would add that to their like. A holiday commercial it's <laughs> real bad it's, it's terrible just wholly unnecessary where it's like yeah, can you tell it's christmas it yeah maybe if i put tell. a flying there's santa. a christmas tree they're giving each other presents we don't need the flying <laughs> santa <laughs> people might not be aware of what's going on here put in the flying santa ornament oh okay oh it's christmas oh i thought this might <laughs> now be a birthday I, I didn't know <laughs> yeah effects in this not good man the effects in this is not good. The things they cut, as I said, they cut Ron's whole arc. Uh, they cut almost all of Neville's backstory until like, oh yeah, basically ten minutes before we get to the end game. 
he's like, by the way, Bellatrix Lestrange tortured my parents. Uh, and then now we're seeing him getting revenge. And it's like, well, I haven't had time to digest this if I haven't read the books. In right? the books, we get more where he's like, he goes to see his parents at St. Mungo's and these things are revealed slowly. And like, Lockhart's we there. care. We care about it because we start to see Neville as not just this like kind of dorky guy who's inept at magic, but like this person who's had this real negative thing happen to him at the hands of a particular Death Eater who he viciously hates. Oh, yeah. And he's got more character now. It's uh, it, But the movie kind of just skips all that and makes him... I mean, it gives us some of that by giving us the sort of him succeeding slowly at, uh, you know, Expelliarmus. That's kind of like, oh, cool, we care more about Neville, but not as much as we would care about him if they had shown us his parents basically catatonic from torture. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the cool thing, too, about, like, again, the cool thing about the prophecy is that it does spell it out that the whole thing could either be about Harry or Neville. Yeah. And you're seeing that, like, you know, even though Harry is the main character that we're so sympathetic towards and blah, 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 because his parents are dead and they're killed by Voldemort, like, you've also got, like, yeah, this could have been Neville, too, and he's had a lot of terrible shit happen in his life. Exactly. Yeah. He's, that's I mean, a he's great been... dynamic the book sets up. Yeah, and it, it, it really, like... You know, uh, I I think you compare Harry's life to Neville's, and yes, they both have had terrible things happen to them and have had rough upbringings. Luckily, Neville had his grand there, and, you know, she could should bring him up a bit, but he was also not, you know, not confident in himself, seemingly not treated great as a kid, uh, and neither was Harry, but Neville didn't let that slow him down whereas harry's constantly sort of bemoaning his his fate all the time and neville just kind of rolls with the punches even though he knows that he's behind everyone else and it again just makes you appreciate neville more than you appreciate harry yeah definitely man we also get luna introduced in this one and um I think She's that great. the casting and stuff of Luna is fantastic. I can't remember what her name is, but I, I think that she was kind of born to play the part. Ivana Lynch. Yeah. Uh, there you go. She, yeah, that, that is kind of what the, the casting people said is that, you know, they, they saw a lot of people who could play Luna, but she was Luna. So that that I think that's accurate. Like she, she yeah. really just conveys exactly that sort of spaciness and whatnot. Uh, Shearsha Ronan actually um, uh, went out for this role. And I think she could have probably done it too. Who's she's she? got the look and she's a good actress. But, uh, oh, Shirsha Ronan? She's, yeah. uh, fuck. Uh, she's in stuff. Sh- sh- look sh- her sh- up. Ronan. Ladybird. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. yeah, she could have done that. She's yeah. good. But yeah, I think you're right. Ivana Lynch fucking nails it. Yeah. But also, too, like the thing that I think is very valuable about her character in this is the way that her character and Harry's character interact, where, you know, through so much of this story, Harry is like, I'm alone. My friends aren't paying attention to me. Uh, Dumbledore is giving me the cold sh- shoulder all the time. Nobody understands me. Nobody's been through shit like I have. Yeah. Uh, being real fucking down in the dumps and, and, and emo about it. And I think very self-important about it. And then meanwhile, you know, here's Luna. And it's just like, oh, yeah, my mom died too. And it gives him something to like yeah. connect to where it's just like, I'm not the only person that's gone through some shit. Again, see also Neville. Like that was another great part about the book is like, Harry was able to see that, like, oh, I'm not the only one that's lost somebody. I'm not the only one that has been through some shit, and these people aren't 
letting it dominate their lives like I am, if you want to look at it that way. Um, I think his connection with Luna in the movie is good because it does give him a second of pause to go, oh, yeah, other people have lost people, too. It's not just me, you know? Somebody to, I can relate to somebody, even if they might seem like, you know, the weird kid that everybody picks on or whatever, I still have things in common with them, too. Yeah, I think he should have, uh, he should have more connection with the weird kids that everybody picks on, because that's him. Like, he, like, he, he never seems to recognize that, uh, within the school, a lot of people think he's a dork. But a lot of people think he's a hero. Like, he's got this real unique um, blend of of hate and love automatically without doing anything. And it takes him too long to warm up to Luna, I remember, in the books. Like, to me, it was always just like, dude, be nice to her. Like, yeah, people are shitty to you. Why, why would you be shitty to somebody else who's being nice to you? But... Yeah, you're right. Uh, that end moment specifically where she's looking for her stuff, being bullied by Ravenclaws again. Um, she's looking for her stuff, and then they just kind of, she, like, grabs his hand. That's a real, like, a sweet moment, I think. It is. It definitely mm-hmm. is, man. So I think they, they pretty well nailed Luna. And I love, yeah. too, that, like, they do the little things. It's, like, nods to people who have read the book where she's, like, wearing the radish earrings and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. That's fun, man. They it did is. a good job with her. I think they did a good job with Umbridge as well, even though... Oh, yeah, she's great. Oh, man, she's fantastic and so hateable Imelda and captures... Yeah. yeah, like, all of those little fucking annoying, like, fake uh-huh. coughs that she, she does. And yeah. Again, she, she's church lady on screen, man. Yeah, she, she she's, she's playing that role extremely well, and... um. I actually have she trouble hating. She does look different than their describer in the book. She's less frog-like, et cetera. Yeah, but, but but the persona makes up for it to me. Yeah, um, I have trouble hating her now because she voices Aunt Lucy on Paddington. And Aww. boy, when I heard her voice again, I was like, fuck, that's Aunt Lucy. Oh, I love her. Oh, no. <laughs> that's only to watch those damn movies, dude. You do. They're so sweet. I love those movies. But, yeah, she she's uh, she's amazing. She does a great job. Also, uh, in this, we we get introduced to Bellatrix Lestrange, a.k.a. Helena Bottom Carter, because who is of course it so is. over the top <laughs> and awesome. Yeah, she is, man. And I got to tell you, like, whenever I read Bellatrix in the books... Um, I don't know about you, but a lot of times in my head, as I'm kind of like imagining what the scene would look like, I do sometimes slip real actors and stuff into the scenes in my head uh-huh, that I think sure. would play those roles, you know? Yeah. The whole time I was reading Bellatrix, I was like, oh, this is Helena Bonham Carter, for sure. So when I heard that it was announced that she was going to play her, I was like, well, of course she is. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> perfect casting, and she does a great job. Like, um, you know, the the over-the-top element, actually, I think is very much from the books though like she's not she's not bringing too much more because bellatrix is over the top in the book she's like yeah she's wild she's meant to be wild and crazy and really overly dedicated to voldemort and just like she's meant to be this over the top character so yeah yeah um, uh, yeah helena bonham carter brought exactly what was needed i think but there are a few beats in here that I think are odd that aren't really her fault. It's just in the writing where, like, after after she kills Sirius and she's run away from Harry, like, she falls down and Harry's pointing the wand at her and she's yeah, kind of, like, she's whimpering. Scared. Yeah, she's, like, that's... scared? Really? And then also, too, like, Voldemort's in Harry's head being like, go ahead and kill her. Kill one of my top operatives. 
like really yeah that's a that's an interesting concept like is he like i i like the idea that he sees um harry and maybe thinks like well if i get him on my side like that that should have been his plan the whole time i feel like like i would prefer it for him to have known the whole time that a piece of his soul is inside of harry and mm-hmm. that if he can sway harry and have him on his side he can also protect that piece of his soul mm-hmm. okay yeah seems, that's good it seems like that would have been easier than all this <laughs> like, yeah all of his plots and plans but yeah i uh, i think yeah helena bonham carter awesome i mean who else have we got in here uh oh the guy who plays kingsley shacklebolt um yeah he's great yeah he's he's from uh Raiders of the lost ark he was um the captain of no the, the that steamboat or whatever the boat they took on the river damn dude yeah i gotta watch for that i didn't know that that was him yeah he's in a ton of other movies but like when i when i saw that credit i was like fuck that is him huh that's cool man how do you yeah, think I, uh, old old uh serious black does in this one oh old old man gary he's talking about yeah, old man gary Gary, old man yeah he um he's i think better in this movie than he was in the previous because mm-hmm. in the pre you know in the previous they just had him as just like he feels overly desperate but also yeah. like hard to read which it makes sense for a fresh out of uh torture wizard prison uh character yeah. yeah but th- he's more I-, I can connect with him more like he has you know the great sort of advice and stuff for harry and all that and you can see their connection better in this movie than in the previous movies oh yeah well and the thing about it is too man is you know kind of going back to what i was saying about some of the other you know major deaths that we see in the movie series like Okay, third movie, Harry thinks the entire time that he's out to murder him. We find out at the very end, ah, actually, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Fourth movie, he's not in at all. Like, his, his face is in a fire. That's it. Makes it. no sense why they and would cut him out entirely. In this one, you know, it's obvious that he's he's trying to bond with Harry because Harry reminds him of him James. James yeah. of his dad. He even which calls again, is, him James at one point. Yeah, yeah, which I think that's really cool. That's kind of his last moment. They're in this huge fight, and he's just like, nice shot, James, or whatever, and it's like, uh-huh. oh, man, you're still just trapped in the past, kind of stuck with that. But then also, too, again, knowing that James Potter, as you said, is such a dick that he bullied somebody into becoming a Nazi, kind of makes you think less of Sirius Black. <laughs> it does, because you're like, wait, so... That's your like, that's your dude? Really? Like, like what happened in between? What did they have this radical transformation of their characters at a certain point like or were they just these dicks continually? And should we even care about Sirius? Like <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I have those questions too. I wonder I wonder, you know, when you look at it, when you think about it with, with any like because he, they were just, they were Aurors together, right? I don't remember that. Oh, no, they were, no. I mean, they, they were in the Order of the Phoenix together. Yeah, they were in the Order of the Phoenix. You're, wait, what the fuck did they do then? I don't really remember. What the <laughs> hell? Anyway, so, yeah, they were they were in the Order of the Phoenix together, fighting Death Eaters and whatnot. And I, 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 I guess you could, if you, if you were that type of bully you could absolutely be oblivious to the fact that you drove a lot of these people to become these death eaters. Mm-hmm. You just, if you're enough of a shithead bully, you would just be happy to get to keep bullying them. 
and now to have a reason where everybody's like, yeah, you're right to do it. <laughs> so well, we maybe they never way. stopped being bullying assholes. They just had like everybody on their side. It could be, I suppose. I just, I just don't really get. Again, if you not read the books, I don't get the impact you're supposed to feel when he dies. Yeah, it's and, not, and also, it's not too, there. Yeah. On the subject of how he dies, he gets hit with the killing curse, then yeah. falls behind that veil. So it's like he double died. Super yeah, sloppy like... double died. <laughs> double died. In the book, you know, like he gets hit with like, I don't know, a stun spell or something like that and just falls and into, falls that veil. into the arch. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that that makes Harry. I mean, say that I love it. It's fucking sad. It makes Harry all the more confused and like hopeful that like maybe he's still alive. What happens behind that veil? What happens yeah. beyond literally beyond the veil, you know? Maybe he's still with me. He gets that little fucking mirror piece later on where he can see a flash of Sirius or whatever in it. Like Yeah. That's cool because it lets Harry be hopeful, but it's like in this one, it's like, no, he's he's real fucking dead. He's for sure very dead. Yeah, they really like <laughs> like thinned down that relationship between Sirius and Harry in the fourth and fifth to the point where, yeah, I can't see if you've only seen the movies, why you would care that he died. Yeah. Cause that's the thing too, is like in the, in the fifth book, there's a lot of bonding between him and Harry because you know, Harry's all angsty and nobody cares about me and yada, yada, yada. Sirius is all like, I'm locked in this musty old house that I grew up in. I want to get out. I want to fight. All these grownups yeah. are telling me I got to stay hidden. Like he and Harry really bond against the grownups, you know? Yeah. And it's the same, you know, when in the fourth one, when he's just like, ha again, having to hide like the letters back and forth, the stuff he's saying to them, like Harry can relate so much. That's why they develop such a relationship. And yeah, yeah the, the movies just cut that entirely. So yeah, like, no matter how good old man Gary is at playing the role, it, the the writing's not there. Like, it's just yeah. not there to make you care. What do you think about old Severus Snape? Oh, he's great. I mean, Alan Rickman is just awesome. But Snape, man. What a as a character, man, we all got too fixated on forgiving him because he loved Lily. You can be a piece of shit and love somebody. He was a Nazi. <laughs> He, he was actually a Nazi for I a while there. I yeah. don't care what your reasoning is for becoming a Nazi. I'm suspect of you if you were ever a Nazi. <laughs> a little bit of Just, a red flag, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, he'd have to do a whole lot to redeem himself. And did he ever, like, in the book say, and then I realized that was a really horrible thing to do no. and I was wrong? Or was he just like, it was the only way I might be I able to bone Lily? I was trying to save Lily. Lily. That was it. He was trying to save Lily. He he never seems to uh, confess to it was bad. Maybe he does. I don't remember. The point is that even if he confessed to it, I'm just saying out there, everybody, listen to me. If you've got a former Nazi in your life... <laughs> <laughs> like don't rush out to believe those nazi tendencies are gone just because they stopped <laughs> hanging out with nazis like you gonna have to prove to me you're not a nazi like that's just give me give me a whole lot of evidence so that i can be like okay still you were a nazi that's still a problem but oh, okay <laughs> 
still a little bit of a red flag in there. Sure, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So like, no matter how much Snape loved Lily Potter, uh, that just doesn't redeem him for me. I he. I mean, again, in the books, the the movies do not give enough to show any kind of redemption. The books give us a lot more, even though we still get the. He was very clearly a Nazi. That was a choice he made. But yeah. they do give us like he really sacrificed a lot and tried a lot, but he never he never really is nice to Harry, even though he's protecting Harry. Like I, I just I have a problem with that. Like you can have a sense of duty to a child, but to hate a child, like to hate a child actively. <laughs> that's <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> but he does teach Harry occlumency uh by means of going, Harry. Yeah. Occlumency. Go. Have at thee. <laughs> like, Go now. Uh, defend your mind. Do it. How? I don't know. Uh, just start. Do it. <laughs> Not really the best teacher, old Snape. Yeah, he's um he's got his issues, which is again a problem because isn't he? He was a really good teacher in the books, like to everybody but Harry. Like Hermione does extremely well in potions, right? Harry sure. ends up doing way better than her, which pisses her off. But she does a great job. So she's obviously learning from Snape. He may be gruff and whatnot, but he's a good teacher. Mm-hmm. But when you actively hate a student, like, you can't be a good teacher to them. Like, no matter what. Like, it just... There's just a problem there for me. Beyond his Nazi roots. <laughs> so, in terms of the other teachers, Trelawney is... Uh, she's back, but nobody cares, and then she gets kicked out, and we never find out that she's supposed to be replaced by a centaur. Yeah, Firenze. A centaur. Firenze. Instead, the centaurs in this are just like unspeaking uh savages i guess even though they spoke in previous movie right just a couple movies ago they did and centaurs are actually like way way smarter than humans and look yeah. at this entire wizard war just horse like horse ah, whatever yeah <laughs> yeah why why do we step back so far on the centaurs man yeah i don't know I, that is a, a weird change because that was one of the things i i enjoyed in the harry potter book uh, the the one where the centaurs started talking to me that was interesting to add because centaurs were I mean mythological roots they were basically rapey wild creatures yeah they dirty yeah and to show them in, in the books is actually very intelligent and possessing uh, you know this keen sense of like astrology and things like that very that was cool. really cool to me so yeah for this to regress them back to just horse people <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. And Hermione doesn't give one single fuck about feeding a human being to him. <laughs> nope. She's like, Dagger, please. You know what? I get it, though. Umbridge was torturing children. I'd she was be doing that. very fine with that. I'd be actually, hold her a second. Let me hit her a few times. Like, <laughs> come on. It's like, she is over the top evil. Like, just like the ultimate heel. Even yeah. even in comparison to Voldemort, because like Voldemort commands people to do terrible shit. We see him do some terrible shit, but her we get so many descriptions of her sadistic nature. Oh yeah, totally, man. It's just so easy to hate her. And then again, as you said, Imelda Staunton fucking nails it. Well, and she's like 
you know, in the movie, she's really just more like she's a really strict teacher that tucks in people's shirts and doesn't allow any snogging in the halls. But it's like really in in reality, she's installed by the Ministry of the Magic to create this fucking brainwashing regime and like keep kids from doing magic and stuff. Hence the Order of the Phoenix, because kids are like, we can't learn this stuff in the classroom. Uh, we got to learn it from somewhere because the Voldemort guy is back and we need to defend ourselves. Harry, you fought him. You teach him to us. Uh, I feel like that's kind of underplayed a little bit. Like her entire regime was a lot more hardcore and a lot more scary with bigger implications. Yeah, we see a few of the scenes of them riding and, you know, using the, the pens that cut them and use their blood. We see a few scenes of that, but she was far worse than just that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And they get Harry, the most average dude ever, to start the Teach Us Magic Club. <laughs> Again, he's just a he's just a blank slate to project yourself onto. Like, <laughs> I've been asking Hermione to teach the class. Personally. Exactly. Why? I mean, and seriously, Ron going up against Hermione like he has a chance. That doesn't make <laughs> sense. And that is why this book should have been called Harry Potter and the Order of the Privilege. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much. Get the average white guy to teach the class. He probably knows better than us. <laughs> He's gone up against Voldemort with all of Hermione's information about Voldemort, etc. But he's done it. Yay. Yeah. And other magical care powers bestowed on him by women who aren't here. Yeah. He's, he's just constantly... Failing upwards, that Harry Potter. <laughs> Just failing his way up, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> now, one of my favorite parts of the book was the way that Fred and George left the school. They fled and started their joke shop oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So awesome. And then, like, you know, they, they had the huge fireworks display and all that stuff. And then they also turned, like, a section of the school into, like, a swamp that nobody could get rid of. Again, proving how, like knowledgeable they You're are right. about magic and yeah. stuff like nobody mm -hmm. could figure out how to take care of this shit in the movie that's kind of trimmed down a little bit we get the fireworks thing and all that jazz which is pretty fun i think that's one of the more fun moments in the movie yeah definitely uh, but i do miss that swamp because that was cool yeah that was cool i mean okay so they're gonna go form this joke shop that is gonna be super successful like they they just like make money hand over fist with their crazy little puffy animal thing or whatever that they sell and all sorts of other weird shit. I mean, it just seems like if you moved into the wizard economy with literally anything to buy, like they, they have money for whatever reason. Like, how would you fail? Like they just <laughs> have the money. Like, starting a wizard shop or trade is kind of like being in a Christian band where it's like, well, of course people are going to listen to you. Yeah. What the hell else are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you sell wizard stuff? All right, you have customers already. Yeah, all day we we can buy things. Cool. Yeah, it's it's um Yeah, I, I can't see how it would fail, but also, you're right. They you know, I never thought about their power. They they are obviously very like knowledgeable and powerful and they've really spent a lot of time on learning these things that are, you know, ostensibly useless. <laughs> like, but <laughs> Also, isn't all magic like that's kind of I guess kind of their outlook is that like, oh, this is a whole ridiculous world we live in. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just go for it. Go for it, man. Embrace the ridiculous shit, man. Now, one thing that I do miss from the book and stuff, too, though, is like after, you know, after all the dust settles and all that jazz, 
Harry and Dumbledore sit down and have this big talk about like why Dumbledore has been avoiding him and avoiding eye contact with him and him keeping the secrets of the prophecy away from him and all like Harry like wrecks his office and stuff. It's like a really emotional scene where he's like he's gone through so much and felt like he's had nobody on his side. Now his godfather's dead and yeah, he like wrecks all that cool stuff in Dumbledore's office and Dumbledore's like really understanding and calm and like you deserve to be angry right now. In the the movie, we don't really get any of that. Like, they kind of sit down, and Dumbledore's like, that's fucked up, I know, right? All right, see you next year. <laughs> like, okay. It was real fucked up. I was protecting you, because I love you, so I could By not telling you stuff. That's what love is, right? tell you anything. Yeah, love is love is when you lie to people. That's... <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. It's, a, it, it's just, like, kind of useless, even that scene in the movie because it's like well where yeah. does that where does that leave us like that you give us a trite little phrase that any like any teenager would see through that and be like wait what so if you you love me why did you not tell me about all these dangers <laughs> like it doesn't right? make sense yeah so and you can kind of throw that argument at pretty much anybody i mean the entire order of the phoenix yeah is kind of keeping everything from harry anyway right yeah to keep it away from Voldemort but there's so much they could have said to him that Voldemort already knows like yeah the stuff that like they could have said to him that would have like put him in the know they could have said to him Harry we can't say certain things to you because we know that Voldemort can kind of see through your eyes yeah exactly that seems like that would be pertinent information instead Harry's like why is everybody being a dick to me <laughs> and then they're just like oh cause fuck you I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah that seems like that would have been some good information to know huh yeah yeah there, there's so many problems with this movie uh, and a lot of them come from the book itself but uh, I, I still like it <laughs> I still enjoy this movie this, <laughs> this movie creates problems too where it's like oh my god Harry got in trouble for using a Patronus in the muggle world let's break him out of here and fly through the Thames past yeah. the fucking parliament and Very stuff like clearly this. clearly showing everyone people flying on brooms. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, like in the book, Mad-Eye Moody is like, we got to go really high altitude so people don't see us. Logical. Great. Duh. That's exactly <laughs> what you would do because you're flying on brooms, which is not yeah. normal stuff. Yeah. Boy, howdy. A lot of people sure did see them and mm -hmm. uh, that's going to cause some problems, shouldn't it? It should, but it it doesn't. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't. It's not I'll say, a thing. like, I've dunked on this movie a lot. I, I really don't much care for this movie, and I'm yeah, trying to, I like, noticed. separate it from the holes, you know, the holes in the story that I know from the book. I'm trying to just watch this as if I've never read the book, and I'm watching right. it like, is this a good story? Is it entertaining? Does it make sense? And I'm not coming up with a lot, but I will say... Two things about this movie that I think it does extremely fucking well. Um, I think the set design is fucking great. The look of Umbridge's yeah. office. Oh was yeah, it's perfect. awesome. Yeah, that's great. And inside, like the Department of Ministries and stuff, with all the like black tile and all that shit, very fucking cool. I think that that looked exactly the way that I envisioned it from reading the books and everything. So a lot of the set designs and stuff like that are really fucking good. And also too, that fight scene between. Voldemort and Dumbledore at the end is fucking great. It's so badass, dude. I think it's the best wizard fight in the entire Absolutely. series. Absolutely. And it shouldn't be. They, they should have more 
awesome wizard fights. And they just don't... That's the problem, I think, with the Harry Potter universe in general. Is even though they talk about magic a lot, they don't use it enough. And when they do use it, it's just for day-to-day boring stuff or silly stuff like you know slugs coming out of your mouth or whatever it's just like (laughs) novelty yeah i i want to see fucking wizards going at it Um, oh yeah very fucking cool man this also normalizes the oh anytime two wizards fight their their wands like meld together oh yeah cross the streams yeah that's that's a strange thing because it you know, in the book, it's very significant. In the movies, it means nothing. Yeah. It just happens. That's true. I love during that scene how they went with, like, no soundtrack. It's just, like, the sounds of glass breaking and flames and water and all this crazy shit that the two of them are doing. It's so cool. Um, whenever Voldemort, you know, showers them with all those shards of broken glass from all those windows, it's metal as fuck, man. Yeah. I loved it. So yeah, cool. I, Definite highlight of the movie right there. It's it's you know, it's over pretty fast and you've been waiting a long time to get there, but it is really cool. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I think that's probably why this is my favorite movie, is cause it has the best actual wizard battle along with looking looking kinda how I would expect the book to look. It's dark all the time and not really yeah. fun. Um but yeah, you're right. It's it's got huge problems, which is true of every Harry Potter movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean honestly, it's not like any of them are just like, wow, this one was completely factual and believable, and maybe this is an alternate reality. Maybe wizards are real. Like none of them really, you know, are are totally watertight in any way. I I just don't really get anything out of this movie, other than like at the end of it. Um, the guy that owns the house that Harry might have been able to live in died. Like, that's the end result of this. That's yeah. it. That's all that happens. That's all that really comes of this entire 870-page yeah. book. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. And again, it's not even that significant because you've not gotten to really bond with Sirius at this point. But, I mean, if you look at all the other books, it's like something significant happened that's going to propel the story forward. Honestly the Harry Potter world at the start of this versus at the end of this, pretty much the same. It's like, yeah, Voldemort's trying to kill you. He's going to come back and get you at some point. Oh, your uncle or godfather died. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and now the people who illogically didn't believe you might believe you. Though that, in the books, that isn't true. People are still not sure in the sixth book, as far as I remember. Until the big so, attack on Hogwarts, like so, yeah. The the end result of the the movie and the book is just okay. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And this so Harry summer, was emo Harry for was a year. I got it. Yeah, that's pretty. He could have just seen it with him starting a band, and it would have made more sense. Now we're fucking talking, man. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I I just can't see this as like a very entertaining movie. This is one of those ones that like is so similar to like let's say the fifth elm street and stuff like that to me where it's like i will only watch this one if i'm making it a point to watch through the entire series like i don't think i'll ever put this one on as like a pleasure watch you know wow like i've sat down to watch the fourth one a million times which has tons of problems i've sat down to watch the first one a bajillion times i've watched the final ones a couple of times too but like i just don't really see any reason why i would watch this one out of the blue honestly okay so, What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
the, the opposite. I have probably <laughs> seen this one the most, and Damn. it's the, like, if I'm going to put one on, it would probably be this one or the third one. And I wish I could understand ju- what you liked about it so much. I mean... I wish I could understand what you like about any of the others. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not too, saying honestly. this is a good movie. I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. these movies are bad. Like, what? They're, why they're would not you great, watch honestly. the fourth one over this one? The fourth one's terrible. <laughs> there's more stuff in it. Like, there's, like, action, and there's, like, oh, okay. cool set pieces and sure. stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, like, one set piece in this movie at the end of the movie. Yeah. That's kind of all. True. Yeah, they're they're bad movies. <laughs> they're not great man they're like, not good yeah so I, yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, bend over backwards to defend it uh i'll say i like it but it's not a good i mean it's, it's not none of them are really good honestly yeah. none of them are how, really how good how much you like it though oh uh i don't know on a scale of one to like i don't know what i've given the other ones in the past i mean uh it's like a five and a half, maybe or yeah. six. It's it's uh you know, for me it's a fun time. I I the uh, at times I like, I like the, you know what it, it might be. It's that all the kids are kind of at that point where they're actors now, and yeah, so like true. there's not a whole lot of like oh my gosh <laughs> that child is not good at acting moments, uh, <laughs> and there's a good melding. I think that Harry uh, or well specifically. Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, and Emma Watson are they have a great chemistry throughout. Mm-hmm. They're really yeah. good together. I think I think that is probably it. But again, it's it's not great. What do you think? Man, I, I get all that stuff and I, I do kind of wonder like, could you just watch the fourth movie, read a post it note that says Sirius Black died, and then watch the sixth one? I think you could. Like, do you need yeah. anything? I think this, you could you know? do that. Yes. <laughs> I just can't help but think about how little sense this must make. Like you, you have to be completely in the dark and confused about this if you haven't read the yeah, book. Yeah, if you haven't read the book, means, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know what you get out of this at all. Yeah, I, I think that in that regard, it, it's an unsuccessful movie. In that, like I said, like an hour in, you're like, "What's the story? What uh-huh. is the story? What's the yeah. the arc of what's happening right here?" Um, not much to it, honestly. Yeah. Again, it stayed loyal to the book in certain ways. It got away from the book in a lot of certain ways, neither of which really made a ton of sense at times. And overall, just kind of boring to me, man. And again, special effects step backwards. What? Really? Yeah, that is weird to me. The Because it is a clear step backwards. And I don't remember the special effects in the sixth one being bad so like i don't either it's sandwiched in between you know the fourth one which had some good stuff those dragons were good they they yeah. look good i mean you know it it's aged but uh yeah this one it's weird that yeah grop just looks so bad so bad man yeah I, I mean even in the ministry when they're in the 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 hall of uh memories or whatever it is uh it's real clear that those shelves are all CGI and they're just in oh, a black room. Oh, yeah, the green room. screen is, is bad. <laughs> yeah. Whenever the camera's, like, kind of zooming out and moving around, showing you how big yeah. the room is, it's yeah. like, oh, fucking green screen central, mm-hmm. man. The perspective very is just way off, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so not very well hidden there. Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, if I'm being a, a completionist and watching the series, I'll watch this one. Otherwise, I'll, I'll skip it entirely. So I'm probably going to say this is, like, this is low for me, dude. I'm going to say, like, three and a half. It's fair. Brutal fatality. <laughs> I gave it a friendship. 
Friendship? Oh, okay. You yeah. got a friendship. I like that. Very I made nice, a birthday man. cake up here or whatever. Aw. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing what you guys think about this one in relation to the other Harry Potter flicks and stuff like that. Let me know over on the Facebook page uh, if you've watched this movie and not read the book and think it makes sense. Explain to me how, <laughs> please, you know? <laughs> Because there's just a lot missing here, and I'd like to know how you make yeah. sense of it. Same goes with the third one. There's no way the third one makes no, any fucking sense. No, none whatsoever. No, uh-uh. So one of these days we'll get a good Harry Potter like miniseries or something like that that'll really explore all these things, and it'll mm, be a grand old time. Maybe they will change the name of Cho Chang to... That'd be great. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there's a, there are characters in here with wild-ass names. Could just name yeah. her anything, honestly. Pretty much anything you want to, I suppose. Doesn't have to be some very stereotypical mash together of two uh, disparate Asian last names. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. If you guys enjoyed the show, be sure to go over on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can review a podcast. Give us a good old rate and review. I always love seeing those. I read them all, even though you're not supposed to as a person that makes stuff. Hey, I do, I do it anyway. I do not. <laughs> I, do. I mean, but I have in the past. And There's some good ones. There's more There's good some than bad. Ones. People love us. Guess which ones I don't look at? The ones where people <laughs> love us. Aww. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people. I have to avoid negative comments because they're all I'm going to obsess about. So uh, I'm I glad you do the, the, the dirty work there. You know, I, I must. I do it because I must. So be sure to go in there, rate and review. Also, follow us on the social medias and support us on Patreon. Yep, uh, at Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely Pod. Uh, you can find, we have a link tree, link dot, link, linked.ee forward slash Dead and Lovely. So um, catchy. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Hang on over there. Drop a suggestion into. The smoking bowl if you become a five dollar patron and we randomly draw from that smoking bowl and we review one of those movies at the end of the month we just did the stuff uh we've done return to horror high uh uh, le- uh what, what was that one we did recently dead man's shoes guess yeah, what some good stuff guess what ben this is the craziest shit so i looked i read this interview with rupert grant where he gave his top five favorite movies it was on rotten tomatoes his top five favorite movies. Two of those movies we've covered on this show recently. <gasps> really? One, Dead Man's Shoes. Two, The Stuff. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Rupert Grant's a cool guy. Um, well, he should listen to our show. I bet he'd be a big fan. I bet so. Um, anyway, so yeah, head on over there. Uh, you become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Sorry. Uh, we will have one out soon. I did take a header which kind of slowed us down on recording. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> but it will come out soon. We're going to be talking about that uh, pottery thing from HBO. That's right. It'll be a good old time, so be sure to go over there, drop some support and all that jazz. Hey, speaking of movies that we're going to review next, I'll tell you what, man. The fact that this movie had some witches and wizards and warlocks mm-hmm. but wasn't mm-hmm. very enjoyable... Oh. It's got me hankering for some more wizards and stuff on the islands of misfits <laughs> toys. <laughs> Maybe we do another witchy kind of movie next week. Maybe what do you we think? Do. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that warlock movie we've both Hell watched yeah. kind of recently? It's a fun one. It Julian is. It's Sands. fun. It's a fun, weird one, and I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Just to because like I know it has a ton of sequels that I've never seen. 
Yeah. And yeah, I'd just like to know more about that movie because it, it's got like, well, we'll talk about it. But it's got some weird attempts at humor and also some humor that actually works. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's a fun one. It's a yeah. fun one. So I recommend checking that one out and uh, listening to our episode next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I have been Uncle Ben. I have been Hollywood Steve. We've been Dead Lovely, and you guys have been fantastic. Now it's time to go to the gym and work out a cuss. Oh, look at my muscles Lift-a-cuss. growing magically. Barbellicus. Barbellicus. Steroidicus. Barbellicus is my favorite uh, Roman god. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, you think conservatives are ever reading a, a like a recipe mm-hmm. for I don't know brownies or something, and it says sprinkle liberally, Ooh. and they're just like fucking out. Like, <laughs> not nope, me. Not making them brownies. No, sir. <laughs> How come all these recipes always gotta have this liberal bias? Why can't I find some conservative recipes on the internet? I like to sprinkle conservatively. Well, I'll tell you, if there's one thing that I know about typical conservative people, is it is that they are indeed very conservative with their, their spices and sprinkles on their food. That That's for true. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You want to go to somebody's house and eat boiled chicken with no spice on it. You find somebody with a Trump 2021 yeah. sign in their yard. <laughs> my secret to my egg salad is a little bit of green onion to make it spicy. Ooh, green, you don't say. <laughs> Not too much, though. You don't no. want to really taste it. <laughs> Sprinkle conservatively. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> of course.